Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Good morning. What was that, Arthur? Yes. And how are you, dear? Well, and you? I'm just wondering what I said. Um, you know, I don't get a chance to get on on Monday morning. I wanted to get a Bible lesson this morning, so I was wondering if you all were coming. Oh, well, she didn't. Last week, she let me know on Sunday that she wasn't going to have it. Um, but she didn't say anything yesterday, so as far as I, as far as I know, we're still having it. It's Pamela. Mm-hmm. Pamela, I don't get a chance to hear your voice no more than on Sundays, and then you so you you just do not do any shout-outs. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. That's because you be on the, during the week. You be on the prayer call like real early. Yeah, how you go? Get it in before I get off. Uh, get off because I don't have a kid so I can sit and listen to my prayer call uh, in, in the morning. Okay. I don't have those type of kids. Oh, so how how have you been? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I won't complain. But that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Who does it? Felicia does the Bible lesson or Lisa? Felicia. Okay. Well, she ain't got that boy. You know, I never know until. Say what? Was she on yesterday morning? I think she was on the the church call. Um, If she was on the mastermind call, she didn't say anything. Well, okay. I know I heard the church call um, until I got ready to go to church. I stayed on to what, about right at 11, because I was late getting to church. Okay. I, I stayed on there about 11, something after 11, well after 11, like 15 minutes after 11. Okay. Because I can't never get my mother to get on up and get dressed <laughs> or get dressed. She's not going to get dressed or get dressed at 10. Uh, but she gets to doing all those grooming habits that you guys do. <laughs> do you ever hear from, uh, what's her name? You've been on the call. Her name was, um, is it Melanie? What's her name? Sanders is the last name. You're not talking about Vanessa, are you? Uh-uh. It's an older lady. Um, Miss. Oh, Lord, if I hadn't 
tried to ask you what was the name. It was um. <laughs> I hate having these little moments. Let me see. I know it's probably on the tip of your tongue, but yet it won't come out. Sure, well, it's, I think I got a phone number, and I never—I said I was going to take the time and call her. I was looking, trying to see that I have it. Sam was her, her son was getting ready to go through a sex change. Oh my! Oh. Um. Mm. No, I'm not sure who that was. And then he have children at that. Wow. Who did this? I'm sorry. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, some, some, an older woman on the on the pra- they used to be on the prayer call. Her um, name is Madeline. 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 Oh, I remember oh. her. Okay. I remember her. Yes, I do remember her. I was wondering, does she ever get back on the call anymore? If she does, she doesn't say anything. Okay. You driving it? You still driving Uber, right, Ma? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. I still drive Uber, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Monday's on my day. Huh? On Monday's on my day off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How is everybody this morning? It's good. I, I said I'm going to get on the Bible. I was telling um, Pam I was going to get on the Bible study this morning, lesson, because I never get a chance to hear you do it. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I was planning on um, changing the time. Um, I'm going to try and start that next week because the only reason why I had it this late was because I was, um, you know, trying to get my son out the door. But since I've been homeschooling, I was like, I should be getting up earlier. So it will be, it'll start about the same time the prayer call starts. So starting um, next week, if possible, Pam, can we start at 6.30? I'll try. <laughs> you know, the thing is, you don't have to go through it for my behalf. I was just saying, I just want to get in on it. You know what? Well, not that for you and also for my own benefit, because when I start this late, I start teaching my son late, so it kind of throws off the day a little bit, and you know, in, in in comparison to what I do, the prayer call, it's not so, it's not so, um, 
you know, it's, it's off on Monday for me, but that's just me. So we'll, we'll talk about it, Pam. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so how was service, how was service yesterday? Um, you you were on the church call though, weren't you? No, I missed church call. I missed the church call. I was on part of mastermind, but I missed the church call totally yesterday. Oh, okay. So for some reason, I thought you were on there like right at right at the end. Um, but it was he was talking about giants yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Hey, baby, he called him out. He called him out. He called him out. He really did. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What was some of the giants? He's just talking about the giants that poses in our lives, the different type of giants. And he was talking about his giants. And him, he said he was talking to some man, and he told the man, he said, man, I've been in here for three years. He just showed how the favor of God, which should have been six minutes, turned out to be three years. And how the Lord keeps slaying those giants. He said he went through, what, two or three different judges or something now, Pam? Yeah, it's two. He's on his second judge. Second judge, okay. Yep. Yeah, and then you know he's just talking about not only that you know dealing with the people, things he having to go through, and then just making you reflect in your mind, basically, the way I got it is it's about the giants that are in your lives. And he told us that the one thing about it, he said, yeah, we're supposed to confess them in our hearts, but not speak it out of our mouths. You know, that's to give them power when we speak them out and aloud. So we speak them confessing to the Lord in our heart. Yep. He was on fire again. Yes, yes, yes. So. Okay, I want you to Huh? Were you able to think about what your giants were? Okay, I can hear you, but I couldn't understand you. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to stand up as I talk. As y'all talking, um, I said as he was. Uh, 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 here we go. Let's try. As he was talking about his giants, were you able to pick up what some of your giants that you've already slain were? You know, were you able to remember your giants that you conquered and the ones that you're trying to conquer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> some that I'm still trying to conquer. <laughs> Mm, yep. Mm, yep, this is true. Mm. He brought up David. Was it David? Oh, yeah. well, he brought up three people. Was it David, Joshua, and someone else, wasn't it, Arthur? And, and um, J- David, Joshua, and Caleb. And okay. he was talking about the Israelites, how the Israelites, even though Moses and all of them came up out of Egypt, 
but the thing is, only David, all, 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 all Joshua and Jacob was able to go into the promised land. And you know, he's talking about the fact when David came out there to bring the, the, his brothers his lunch. How um, basically Goliath just looked at him and laughed, and all the rest of them looked at him and laughed. And he was talking about them five stones, baby. <laughs> them five stones. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and talked about David. Yeah. You know, David had some giants. Definitely had some. And he was honest. It was, it, it was, you know, it, it's amazing that I don't want to give you time because I know you got things to do. But um, how when I went to my my service at my church, <laughs> the the um, pastor was t- talking about love. He went through all the different types of love, and then we got down to you know, one of love. He started talking about David and his giants when he started lusting up the base Bathsheba and how he ended up killing. Um, Having his having her husband killed by sending him to the front line, and he went back to and still talking about the love of his brothers. You know, you got the the Felix love, you got the Eros love, you got all these different Sturgeon love, and I forget the other one. But he was talking about the love that we would have between brothers and sisters, uh, and then fathers would have to us his wives and, they, and his family, and and talking about how he just went on. He knew. Within his heart, how the Lord would um, would give them um, hand over the Canaanite land over to them, and you know, just like Sam was talking about, so he, his love was that hey, how he even went out there just risking his life, going out there on the battlefield as a young child, delivering his brothers and them lunch, but then didn't realize that he'll be fighting for his people. Because of the love that he has for his family, and it's just you know, y'all got giants. I got two or three of myself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, major ones. But as long as we remember, and that was, and that's one of the things about that story. Um, the way it started off, because no one had watched that story before. It says in the time when, in the time when he should, when the king should have been at war, and so that just lets us know we're always at war. We can never, you know, let our guards down just because there might be a a, a time of of um, a period that seems as if everything is okay. Or we feel like, okay, I need to take a rest. You can't ever let your guard down because that was the biggest thing. He he thinking that he was safe where he was, you know, and uh, and not being on his post was what really brought him low, you know. Because he had let his guard down. He thought that he was invincible, you know, being up there in his tower and and everybody's at war. He should be good, but he wasn't. Wow. Oh, my goodness. 
And what were the what were the points for the mastermind call, Miss Pam? Well, with mastermind, we are um, we're talking about increasing financially, and we are going through um, setting up a wealth cycle plan so that people can start taking the steps needed to. Um, to, to elevate themselves to the to the next level, and it was actually it was it was a pretty good call. Um, I know that there, there were people that were were in and out, but for the most part, it was just uh, families and I speaking. And there's always someone on the call that that's in the background. They never say anything, and when we end the call, um, they, they'll like never like never hang up because you know with with the conference call. Um, when it's only one person left on, you hear the music. And so when Sam and Lisa hung up, you know, I didn't hear I didn't hear any music. And so, but the, the person never they never say anything. So, well, yesterday that was me. I will confess, I was on the call and then my other line rang. And when I got back on, I was like, oh, they're done. That's how I came out. That was me yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I came in on the second hour. Okay. I came in on the second hour. So. Part on the second hour, we were into discussion um, more so than I had finished that chapter. And so we were were discussing what um, what was read. Hmm. But did you have a good weekend? Um, it was okay. It was okay. I was able to. I didn't do everything that I I, was, I should have done. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna be. I was supposed to do a whole lot more, and I kind of just vegged out. On you know, and now, and so I'm going to be playing, playing catch up today and tomorrow. Uh, um, no, but the weekend itself was good. I cannot complain at all. The weather was great, you know. So it was just like you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better weekend. You cannot ask for a better weekend. Yeah, you guys had good weather yesterday too. Oh, oh we yeah. had great weather for the last few days, and it's supposed to go for the rest of the week. Supposed to, but I well, don't know. Well, through Wednesday, what's like the Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday they're talking about like seventy-one, but then Thursday is supposed to drop down to fifty-one, and then they like, keep dropping through the weekend. It'll be back down to like the forties and thirties. Right. You know. We have had we we got up to seventy something what Saturday and it just to me it seemed like it was a hotter it was hotter than seventy plus and but it was early it was the low seventies and yesterday it was so hot when I walked up in church I ended I ended up getting a fan and started fanning although it still was in the seventies and today it's supposed to get up to what eighty and then it's gonna drop back down to 
start going back down. So I guess we are having basically like the same type of weather, but it's amazing how this is still in the winter months, as the calendar says. However, we getting spring-like temperatures, and you know, and it's just amazing to show you what the Word of God teaches that we won't be able to tell the season, but by the budding of the trees, I'm so, I'm so feeling that right now because of the simple fact you don't know what to wear, and you know this is season. It's still pneumonia weather, but then again, you don't know how to dress. You don't want to overdress. You don't want to underdress. And it's just a bit much. But you know what? No, see, in Chicago, and I, and I look at these people sometimes because um, I went out to I went to the auto show on Friday, and it was a beautiful day on Friday also, and I still have my coat on. Now, I didn't have my scarf, and I didn't have, like, a sweater on up under my coat, but I still have my coat on because, see, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, this is Chicago. And in February, that weather can change on a dime, you know, and I'm on public public transportation. So I'm not trying to be out here um, like, ooh, it's 65 degrees, you know, and and, uh, because this is 65 degrees in February, not 65 degrees in June. There's a difference. And you know what, you 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 and I are facing the same way. Like I saw a lot of the young kids. Of course, you know they always gonna wear their shorts and stuff like that. But then some of the oldest ones, older ones, did it as well. I said, I said, well, you got on that, you got on that t-shirt, and you got on that shirt, and I wear my t-shirt a lot of times in the summertime just in case to sweat. But the thing is, I'm not fixed to unrobe and dress down because it looks pretty one day because. I'm not trying to be sick. That's, that's an old school teaching. Cause see, my mother, she would have still, she still made us wear our coat. She was like, "You can open it, but you still gotta wear." It. Yes, you know, I'm kind of like old fashioned. Like the old people said that you, even with the children, you don't take the children t-shirt off until after Easter, until after that Easter snap. <laughs> and, I, and I'm still trying to feel that because simple fact. My sister's going through respiratory problems right now, and, and she's been like three weeks. But she always she stays cold, so she gonna dress for cold even if it's hot. And she's having battles with her lungs right now. And I'm like, and I saw her yesterday, and the way she was sounding, she sounded much better than she has been, but the breathing is still short. And I'm like, I'm not trying to go that route. Yep, and I'm sorry. Exactly, exactly. But it was some beautiful weather. You really could have grilled or did something like that. A lot of people did here did grill, but I'm not a big barbecue fan. I eat it, but I'm not one to just like who likes to do that. <laughs> I don't barbecue either. I'm 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 on the prissy side. All that smoke and stuff, you know. I'll, I'll I'll cook all the inside stuff. I'll I'll do the side. Somebody else can barbecue. Exactly. I got a neighbor does it. They do it every Saturday. Every I don't care what the weather like. It can be ice cold. I mean, they go grill every Saturday. I'm like, really? Go bring some of the chicken over here and put it on the grill. You better go on. And, and in, fact, <laughs> in fact, they did a chicken like you know you get the little whole chickens, and I've never seen it done before. And they put a beer up under it and let it stood up on top of it. 
And as the beer as it heated up, it it cooked the inside of a chicken and it tenderized the chicken. And you talking about something beautiful and gold came out and it made it so tender where you just like to just peel it off in layers. I've never seen it done like that, but anyone to anywho, I'm not going to sit my lawn and smoke because I, I have problems with COPD and, and asthma. I can't do it. But <clears throat> Felicia, I'm not going to hold you up, sweetheart. We didn't procrastinate long enough. It's been 30 minutes over. No, this is usually how we started off anyway, Arthur. Oh, okay. <laughs> So if one if you or Pam would please um give us the prayer to start, we can we can go. Go ahead, Arthur, be our guest. Oh, Pam, I never get a chance to hear you pray but on a Sunday, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all funny. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, we we come before you, O God, as an empty vessel before a full fountain, Lord God, ready to receive your word so that you can fill up our cups, Lord God, so that we could eat of the bread of life. We can break bread of life, Lord, together. The food that you have conveniently provided for us, Lord God. Lord, your word, your word that will get into our hearts and be planted, Lord God. Your word that will set free. The word that can destroy giants, Lord God. The word that will, will just cast out demons. The word that will heal our bodies, our minds, our soul. Your word which you have given us for us to walk by each and every day. Oh, Father God, I just thank you for the fellowship of my sisters, Pam and and Felicia, this morning, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for their due diligence, Lord God, the diligent spirit that you have placed in their hearts, Lord God. For they rise up six days a morning, Lord, just to break bread of life Lord God, to feed other hungry sheep, Lord God, that needs to be fed, Lord God, to stand in the gap and pray for them. And even as Felicia get ready to break the bread of life, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, to minister to her through her in her spirit, Lord God. Loosen the bands of her tongue so she can speak that which you have placed in her heart, Lord God. Father, remove her from her herself, so, Lord God, that you will increase within her, Lord God, that you will take full control of her body, Lord God, that you will speak to her. Her mouth will become your mouthpiece, and our ears will become your, and our ears will become the listening devices that you hear have for us to hear about the word, Lord God. We actually cover, keep her, and strengthen us, Lord God. Strengthen us as we continue to strive to do kingdom building work, Lord God. Let us continue to stay on this path of righteousness and walk up holy, righteous and holy before you. Father God, each and every day we miss the mark, but Father God, I thank you for Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, the one whom you love, Lord God. He told you, Lord, let's prepare him about it so that he can come down and redeem and save man, because he knew the love that you have for mankind, and we just so that we can have a right to the tree of life. Lord God, we just ask you to cover, keep us, and protect us. Continue to just let us Try to do excellent good work before you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Um, oh, man. It's been a minute. It's 
he was coming out of Exodus. And I was praying this morning. I'm like, <clears throat> I said, Lord, you know, should what should I do? Because the art information is so more, much more than I even thought. And so um, he wants me to go another way with the art because it's been mentioned several times in different ways in the Old and New Testament. And so um, I will be looking into that this week because it um, it's the, the Ark of the Covenant and the, um, the tabernacle and um, the inner and outer court and all of that, it comes to the reason why Christ had to come. And so um, I'm going to have to look into the comparisons and the foreshadowing, but what he was showing me is so powerful. So hopefully um, by next week, I can have that done and uh, we'll learn something great. Um, and, and wonderful that we didn't even know about, um, you know, because God is so, again, God is so specific in what he shows us. And we just have to pay attention. And so um, we'll go back to the uh, the altar and the tabernacle and everything next week. So we're going to skip. We're going to skip uh, to chapter 30. We're going to bypass everything about the the tabernacle and the priest and come over to chapter 30. Um, of what book? Of Exodus. Okay. Um, okay. Thank you, Lord. All right. So in, um, in Exodus chapter 30, the way my book has it set up, it talks about all the things that, um, the little things that they did that the priests had to do and the people had to do, um, you know, as far as offerings and everything were concerned. And so um, for chapter 30, verses 1 through 10, it talks about the altar of incense. Excuse me, hold on. Excuse me. And um, in my notes, it says the altar of incense 
stood before the curtain that shut off the most holy place or the holy of holies. Incense was burned on it morning and evening when the priest tended to the lamp. And so there was even a certain way that the incense had to be put together, okay? Um, and again, the it's very, when you read chapter, when you read verses 1 through 10, it's very specific. It just says, and thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon of shits of wood, thou shalt make it. So again, God, God is being so specific in what he wants. He let us know that it had to be, he let Moses know it had to be a certain type of wood and it had to be a certain, um, a cubit should be the length thereof and a cubit the breadth and four squares shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height, and the horn shall be of the same. So God is, you know, a God of order. And, you know, what's so funny is we've been going through these, um, and this is only book two. This is the funny part. This is only book two or history part two or however you want to put it of the Holy Bible. God speaking to us. But the more I look at his word, the more I see how specific he is. And so if we go by just the first book, the first two books alone, Going no further, we know one thing about God. He does not leave anything to question. When he gives you information, he gives it to you in totality. Um, He might give it to you in parts to make sure that you can understand it, to make sure that you go through the process or whatever, that you're going through because it has to go in line with what your life is going about. But if if this is any indication, because this is an indication, not if, because this is an indication, when God speaks to us, he speaks to us in clear, concise information. So that explains and it reiterates that God is not a God of confusion. He doesn't get wishy-washy and, you know, and say, you know what, well, maybe, no, he's very precise in the information he gives us. Now, are we listening is is the question. Are we understanding what he's telling us? Are we comprehending what he's saying? Those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. And if what we're receiving is not really clear, then we have when we ask those questions, the first thing, the the most and foremost question is, 
is this the voice of God? Because if he's this clear on just incense, that us being in the likeness of him, why would he be very vague? Why would he why would he make us have to figure it out if he's willing to be this precise just over the 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 um the how the instance bowl should look. So uh, we have to start really um, making sure that we're paying attention to what God is saying when he speaks to us and start asking specific questions if we don't understand. And so as you go through the rest of the verses through 1 through 10, it talks about how um, you shall, they should, that they shall overlay it with gold, the top and the sides and the horns, and that there should be a crown of gold. And then it talks about um, two gold rings shall thou make it under the crown of it by the two corners upon the two sides, and they shall be for the places for the staves to bear it with all. And um, and thou shalt make the staves of shed of wood and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put it before the veil that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony where I will meet with thee. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning when he dressed the lamps, and he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lights the lamp at evening, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering. Neither shall you pour drink offering thereon, and Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once in a year with the blood of sin offering of atonements. Once in a year shall he make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is the most holy unto the Lord. And so then it's like, okay, so what is the incense? This is God because he goes and he says what the incense should be. So we're going to go over to verses 34 through 38. And he tells Moses exactly what the incense should be made of. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices. I'm going to mess up these words, but I'm going to try. Okay. Uh, Stacti and Onika and and Galbanum. These sweet spices with pure frankincense of each shall there be a like weight. And thou shalt make it a perfume 
a conception after a confession after the art of um, apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy, and thou shalt beat some of it very small and put it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation, where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, you shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. So thou say you can even smell like the smell that I want on this incense. I'm glad I read that. But he says, this smell is only specifically for me. I thought of it. I made it for me. It's for me. So that when you smell this, you think of me only. And so God knows, and that shows you that God is letting us know that there are certain things that will trigger our thoughts as well. First, natural and spiritual. We're talking about spirit, soul, and body. So he says that these three things, as you can see, it was only three. It was stacti, I'm sorry, four, stacti, and anika, galbanum. Mixed with frankincense, and so they have a. It has a particular smell to it, and so it says here in the notes that. Um, get back there. Okay, no, keep it together. Okay. No, it doesn't tell you how it smells, but it says it's sweet spices, and frankincense is a distinct smell. So when you smell, when you smell the smell, it will make you think of nobody but God. How many times have you, you know, like my mom used to wear Chanel Number no. Five? No, it was a Chanel. It was um. It was some pink perfume. I forget the name of it. It could have been Chanel, but it doesn't sound right. But whenever I smelled it, I thought of her. And I have yet to smell that smell in years. But one year, this lady was wearing it. And the first thing I thought of was my mom. And I asked her, so what is that you have on? And she said it, and I'm like, that that was the same perfume my mom used to wear. And that was the only one that she wore. She had other ones, but that was her that was her go to. And so God even God knowing this, saying, This is not a smell that I, that that you should smell anywhere but burning in the incense in the in the tabernacle near the Holy of Holies. 
if you smuggle anybody else, they are to be cut off from the people. So if we are, and look at how we're really, you know, everything was about our senses. And so God has, God was specific in how everything is built and how even down to the smell, what you hear, what you see, what you smell, those things he has put together for us to know that he understands that those are the doors that we that have to be, you know, that are always affected by our senses. We are sensual people because of the way we are made. And so he's so that was he was very for him to say whoever makes like unto that shall even be cut off from its people. That shows you how important keeping certain things holy, certain things just about God for God is important. And the church has gotten so far away from that. That um, it's, it's good that he has us, you know, going verse by verse for, for our good. Any comments or questions at this point? I don't have any. Okay. Now, the biggest thing for me has been about uh, offering. Okay, and when show started and things like that, everybody has their, you know, um, everybody has their own, you know, their own thought of process on offerings and stuff. But there's a, the atonement money. Going back to um, chapter 30, verses 11 through 16, and this is called the atonement money. And it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul, a ransom for his soul, okay, unto the Lord. When thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them, when thou numberest them. This they shall give everyone that pass among them that are numbered half a shekel after the, sec- after, after the shekel of the sanctuary and Half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Let me try that again. I don't think I've said that right. This they shall give everyone that pass among them that are numbered. Half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A half a shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Everyone that pass among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. So 
we always ask, well, you know, what is the age where they should start giving? And so on here it says 20. Anything under 20 was because the father covered. So anything 20 and over should be giving, should be, should be given an offering. Based on this, it's an offering to the Lord. The rich should not give more, and the poor should not give less than half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. Okay. And so the note on here says, every male 20 years and older was required to pay a ransom on being formally enrolled among God's people. So this is letting you know that this money that was given was to show that I'm I'm a child of God. And that goes back to what Christ said. And that gives more um more depth to what Christ said when they were talking about the taxes. And he said Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto the Lord what is the Lord's. So if we're willing to give our taxes unto the government, we should be willing to give our offerings unto the Lord. And so, but the thing is, when we come back, when we do the um, the comparison, the atonement, the ransom portion was paid when Christ died. And so we're going to go back and we're going to go deeper into that next week when we do the comparisons. But the atonement money was to show that we were of God. And it says um, a half a shekel was about... Six grams of silver, I'm going to say. A fifth of an ounce, I'm sorry, of silver. The silver collected was used in making the stockets, hooks, and rods. And so that same, that same offering was then used for the maintenance and upkeep of the tabernacle. And so the thing is, a lot of times I think that's why we as church people have an issue when we give our money to the to the church. Okay, I'm going to make it personal. That's why I used to have an issue with giving money to the church because it's like, okay, I'm giving money to the church, but then you go in the front door and the knob falls off. So where's money going? And everybody's giving money every Sunday, 
why is the church falling apart? You know, and so there's certain things that we have to look at when um, we're doing things. Are we doing it because of man's doctrine or God's doctrine? And so the more we go into the word of God, the more we know that God has always set some things up. Some things were foreshadowing what Christ is coming for, and some things were because there's a, a certain way that the church is supposed to handle the money. And so those are the things that we need to look at as believers. Any questions, comments on that? Mm -mm. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Sorry, excuse me. Okay, so now we're going to Chapter 31. because the rest of chapter 30 goes with the tabernacle. And so I want to put all that together. We do Bible study next week. And it says, and the Lord spake unto Moses. This is chapter 31, verse 1. And then he says, see, I have called by name. Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works to work in gold, silver, brass, cutting stones, set them and in carving timber to work in all manner of workmanship. So again, we, we this, this confirms and adds to all that we have talked about on the line in the last couple of months, in the last couple of weeks, how God orchestrates and puts together people and already gives them what they need to be part of the body of Christ. So God let Moses know that Bezalel of the tribe of Judah, he already gave him all that he needed to to be in charge of the building of this tabernacle. So Bezalel knew how to, he knew how to um, work, the elements of gold, silver, and brass. He knew how to do the stone and the woodwork. So he said, give Bezalel, you know, get Bezalel. And he, he'll, you know, he'll be the one to instruct everyone else on what to do and how to do it. Okay? And he said, and I behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee. So even though 
God was telling Moses what he wanted. God had already appointed people to do the work. So now coming to our our own little close community of PCM and TCM, God has already appointed everyone on this call what they are to do. Builders of the kingdom of God on this earth are already given a certain wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to do what they're supposed to do. But it takes someone like Sam, who God has given a vision, to say, okay, well, this is what's needed. This is what's, you know, and giving the giving him the details and then handing him the list of the the um the white hats. There you go. You got the white hats and the yellow hats. So he gives him the list of the white hats and lets him know these are the managers or supervisors I have set up. Bring it into our terms. So God being the CEO, CFO, and all of that, the three-in-one, the the Elohim, God, the Holy Ghost, Christ, they already know what their plan is. And then they have people like Sam, who's upper management, who they tell, this is what we need for, to be done in this area of of your, you know, expertise. And then they're like, okay, so now we're also giving you these people who we've already given them the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of their roles. So you go and you let them know this is what we need, and they already know what to do. All you need to do is go and just tell them it's time to start the work and give them the details, and then they'll know what to do because they already know how what work needs to be done. They're just waiting for you to give them their marching orders. And he says that the tabernacle of the congregation and the ark of the testimony and the mercy seat that is thereupon and all the furniture and the table and his furniture, and the pure candlestick and his furniture, and the altar and the incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his furniture, and the labor and his foot, excuse me, and the cost of service, and the holy garments for Aaron and a priest, and the garments of his sons to minister, and uh, to minister in the priest's office, and the anointing oil and the incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded thee, they shall do. So God had already set up who was going to be in charge of each thing. So, but Bezalel was the one in charge of the building. <laughs> 
and Aholiab was in charge of the detail work. So, and, and God, God was, again, being specific. He left nothing for Moses to do but say, okay, Lord, so I'm your mouthpiece. I'm going to go and tell the people exactly what you said, do because we're already ready. So we just have to, we just, now it's up to us. It's up to us now when we get our marching orders to say, oh, okay, well, here we go. Let's get started. But it never, um, It never really works out that way. <laughs> okay. Um, hold on one I'm sorry, I was trying to find, um, okay, so, okay, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so going on to um, verse 12 through, through 18, and it says the sign of the Sabbath. That's how it was, um, that's how it's, it's noted in my book, the sign of the Sabbath. And um, and this has been a bone of contention for me because this is a, a lot, I'm, to be transparent and honest, I've had an issue with um, going to church on Sunday because I'm like, you know, we're, you know, based on the commands of God, you know, and he says the Sabbath is the, is the seventh day of the week, and we're supposed to bless him on a, you know, and he said set aside that day. Then who are we to put the first day of the week as the Sabbath? You know, and so nobody could ever answer that question, ever. And so I had, a, I had an issue with that. You know, I'm like, okay, which day should we which day should we do it? Whatever, whatever. But finally I came to the understanding that, you know, again, everybody has to to do what they're led to do. So I do my Sabbath on Saturday, 
but I'll still go to church on Sunday because, you know, I have yet to find a church on Saturday that I want to go to. Any church usually on Saturday is either the Seventh-day Adventist or Hebrew Israelite or um, there's another one. But I'm like, this is not a Christian church, so I can't do it. But um, the sign of the Sabbath, and the Lord spake, this is, now this is in chapter 31, verse 12, okay? And it says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, verily, my Sabbath ye shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Okay. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Made unto Moses, and he had made an end of communion with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. Are there any questions or comments? I'm good. Okay. Now, everybody says, well, okay, well, the Sabbath was done and over with when Christ came. But when we look at that, starting next week, it's like a lot of things, it's, it's, again, when we're resting in Christ, are we resting even on Sunday? Because I noticed, like, even, you know, now, the way our world is set up, even if you decided to use any, you know, now everybody's like, you can't judge me based on a day. But it's like, if if God is saying, set aside a day that's just for no work, and it's just about me and you and your family. 
That is basically what he wanted it to be for. For you, him, and your family to set aside that day where you get together, you talk and, and commune solely about him. You know, and it's like we give him maybe two hours on Sunday. You know, maybe two hours on Sunday. Not us on the line. No, don't get me wrong. I'm like, every day we're on the line talking about God. But he's he's, he's saying setting that one day aside. You know, letting him know that he's, you know, he did it. And he said, this is how it's supposed to be forever. But for some reason, now more than ever, there is no day of rest. And I and I look at it and I say, wow, the prince and powers of this world have made it so that even if man wanted to, and I'm wording it that way because sometimes they don't, but even if man wanted to, unless you were your own boss, unless you were, unless this was your, you know, it was your business that you are always constantly working because your job can schedule you to work seven days a week. So if you can't, if you, if it's it's between you and making sure that you have food on your table for your family, you're going to work seven days a week. And so it's like, you know, with the way the government is set up, even though they said it should be a separation of church and state and, you know, and if any, you know, at one time it used to be where if there was any conflict with your religious, religious belief, they would make some kind of adjustment for you. But if you were to be a Christian right now, or even Jewish right now, and you're working for someone else, and you say you can't work on a specific day because of religious purposes, they they don't honor that anymore. Their thing now is you either work it or we'll find somebody who will. Thank you for your time and effort, but you you know we we, we can't work with you. And that is and that is becoming a norm where they don't honor the belief of those who believe in Christ or God. And we've gotten to that. And that's why even more so us being entrepreneurs is so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so needed. And it needs to be, we need to be more, uh, you know, we need to fast forward our efforts a little bit more because it's going to come a time where 
we're going to have to be able to turn to each other and say, you know what, girl, I, or or man, I just got I just got fired because I wanted to go to church on Sunday. Then all of a sudden, my job wants me to start working on Sunday. You know. And it's like now that you know who who can who can I go to? Because if there's no job that's not going to make you work on Sunday, because now most jobs are seven day a week, twenty four seven, you know, everyday jobs. So now we have to be available to God. God is making us make preparations for this time, because it will come a time where we're going to have to choose. Will you work for, will you, will you honor his request, or will you, you know, so you have a choice. God wants his people to be able to have that choice available. Okay, God. Okay. Amen. All right. Any um any questions or comments on that? Okay. So we're gonna go into chapter thirty two and this is where everything starts going wrong. And it says, um, in verse 32, verse 1, and it says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings. Now here's my thing. I'm sorry to stop before going any further. This one this one verse, 32 verse 1, is very crucial to a turnaround and how we even do it here now. Now, mind you, um, Moses is only gone 40 days. But Moses went up into the mountain because the people did not want to hear God for themselves. So now that Moses has taken all this time listening to what God is telling him, now they've gotten antsy and impatient. And because they don't know what's going on, now they're going back to their old way of thinking. Don't that sound like how we are now? If we're not, I mean, take it to the church first. If you're not getting fed in your church 
the way you need to be fed by the minister there. You're like, God, didn't people automatically think God is not saying anything? I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know what to do. So, you know, I'm going to go to, I'm going to stay here at this church and, and, and tell this minister that I don't know what's going on and he needs to, he needs to fix it. Because remember, God set up Moses and Aaron like God and Christ, the priest and the priest and um and God. So Moses was to represent God, and Aaron was was already the priest. So because Moses was taking so long in their eyes. They decided to go to Aaron and tell the tell Aaron, well, Aaron, you need to fix this because we don't know what's going on, and so we need something, something, anything, you know. So let you know we want to go back to what we know, and so um, they set up, make us gods, little G, which shall. Go before us. But as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we know not what has become of him. So now, even though even though Moses, even though they saw all the miracles that went before them, and on a daily basis, they still were complaining even though it had only been 40 days. They were 40 years in the wilderness, but for 40 days, they couldn't hold on until he came off the mountain, even though they chose not to listen to what God wanted to tell them. They chose that, not God. They said, nope, you take Moses up to that mountain, you talk to Moses, and Moses, you come down, and tell us what God said. That's how we want it done. So oh, go do that. That's better for us. I just said, and Aaron said unto them, break off the golden earrings. Okay. So that should say something else, right? You would think Aaron, who was the... um was the, the 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 one that helped show the power of God. He was the one that was there. And this goes back to even how Adam and Eve were. He was there. He was there and he was the one that threw this the rod on the ground. Because it was the rod that's in the 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 Ark of the Covenant was called Aaron's rod, not Moses' rod, Aaron's rod. The rod that he threw down that made the snake, that took the snakes of the magicians of Egypt. It was the same rod that helped part the Red Sea. He was the one that was with Moses when he spoke and the, and the rivers turned to blood. He was there through all of that. 
even up to the point where the people told Moses and God, we don't want to hear God's voice, go up in the mountain. Aaron has heard God's voice, but instead of Aaron defending, this is why you don't show Aaron being known as a friend of God, but Moses and Abraham were always being considered a friend of God because they defended God. A friend will defend. Aaron does not do that. He says, break off the earrings, gold earrings which are in your ears of your wives and of your sons and your daughters and bring them unto me. Not one time did he say, don't do this thing. Not one time in this whole and 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 in this and it boggles my mind. And the same thing with the ministers today, they are doing the same thing. If you say that you are a man of God, how is it you are going to say and do things opposite to what the word of God says and then say it's okay? just because the people are the ones who who are being impatient. But that's pretty much what we're getting now. They give the people what they want here. And that goes back to um, the scripture in the New Testament about the tickling of the ears. Because the people don't want to hear, you know, the, that God is a God of judgment as well as a God of love. They don't want to hear the judgment part. So they're like, well, you're, you know what? Don't judge the people. Show them what God, God is a God of love. Show them the love of God, and they'll come in. But then you're, you're not showing the fullness of God. So if you're not going to show the fullness of God, and then they get in here and... God starts showing them them, and then they get offended. Then you're then looking at you like you said God was a God of love. That's not love. I don't want that. That's judging. I don't need to be judged. Any questions or comments? Nope. I'm good. Okay, and so it says, and all the people break off, this is verse 3, and all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and bought them unto Aaron, and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with the graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods of Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And what makes it so bad, God had already said, You shall have no, you know, make of thee no idols. So what are we doing when we are following the megachurches 
and the mega pastors, you know, and they say, send me $500, and I'll send you a picture of myself. Are we making them into God? Repeat yeah. that one more time, Felicia. You know how, they, you know, you have some preachers who say, you know, send me in $1,000, and I'm going to pray for you and watch God work in three days in your life. And they send in $1,000, and it's like, are you sending it because you're being led by God to send it or because the man who says he's a man of God says send it? Because the thing is, it's, it, we, we walk, we're walking, we're starting to walk a fine line between, and it's such a fine line, oh my God, and I say this, it's like it's really hitting home, because, I mean, sometimes it is God saying, I'm testing you to see if you're going to be obedient. But sometimes it's, it's, the, it's the flesh of man being greedy. But that's what it sounds like to me. Huh? I said, that's what it sounds like to me because it seems like man is elevating himself. Those pastors of these mega churches and even over the television evangelists and stuff. They're elevating themselves as if they're the one who can cause the healing or the breakthrough to come through. They're not reverencing uh, or realizing or even helping you to realize that God who sends the breakthrough. And those who fall prey to those schemes, that's because they're not trusting the word of God. He says that they bring it back into memory where the Lord says, when you pray, have faith and believe this. Then you shall receive. I think that's around Mark 11, 24, 24, 11, or something like that. But anyway, the um, man has elevated himself to the stature of being God. That's what it sounds like to me. And I say that because I have a friend of mine who I told you all, I think it was two sentences ago when I was on the morning service and stuff, and Sam was talking about the wilderness experience, and I and I shared. It's either on the morning call or I, yeah, it must have been that Sunday morning because he said, yes, can we pray? And the Lord showed him, yes, you are in your wilderness experience. I know that specifically. But anyway, um, that individual's mother back here in April of last year told me that she was sending X number of dollars to This guy here said he's a very good friend of a Bishop um, Grace Jones' brother. What is his name? Some Jones. Uh, Noah Jones. Uh, yeah, Noah Jones. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got to send him 200 so and so dollars, and he would, uh, and they're going to pray for me, and I'm going to receive 200 some thousand dollars. And Greg gets you where you know of, of course, the end story is. She threw that money down the drain because none of those things that he wrote her about a, 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 a said came to pass. And see, that just people to me, that's showing you that when the Lord tells you to beware of, of, of all these ministers and stuff, because you got false prophets. 
they are false prophets in my eyesight. I might be wrong, Lord, if I'm for judging, please forgive me, but they don't have that power. Because one thing about it, I'm so glad that the Lord gave his only begotten son, Jesus, for me, that we can go before the enter into the throne room by ourselves. We don't have to go before the priest and do 185 Hail Marys and, and tell them all of our business or whatever. I'm going to tell the man who's going to keep it a sure enough secret. Right. That's my Lord the one who's going to do something about it. But I'm done. No. That's the thing. It's like it's it's where now, again, we don't, we don't go before God ourselves and say, Lord, okay, this, this minister said send X amount of dollars. Is that you or is that them? Hmm. You know, because they, you know a lot. You know, when you hear it, they'll say, I, you know, they'll say they start off with saying, "I hear the Lord say send seven hundred and seventy dollars." You know, and it's like seven is a year. You know, seven is about completion, and this and that and the other. Yeah. And I get that. Again, I get it. I do, but it's like. Did you go back and ask God and say, God, you know, is this you? I mean, you know, are you are you really testing me? Are you asking us to test ourselves and our faith in you? Or is this man just looking for $770? And I'm quite sure, you know, five thousand out of ten, it would be like, um, unless you have it, no, I'm not telling you to send you seven hundred and seventy dollars. Why would I you know, and people are like giving their mortgage money or their rent money or something like that. And it's like I've I've never read, you know, where he says he wants you to be homeless. And you know something I'm thinking about since you I'm kinda glad and I you all may see a little different from where I see it mm. uh, or where I've been taught and things of that nature. When the Lord has, you talk about the building, the construction of the of a tabernacle, you got the whole, all these different divisions within the, the, in that tabernacle. But when Jesus went to Calvary's cross, did he not rent the veil mm-hmm. from top to bottom? That allowed us to enter in. So he did away with the Mosaic law as of that point. That even comes down to, I'm not going to say tell people not to tithe, but then again, he wants you to purposefully give what your heart can spare. And when you do it, you're supposed to do it, you're supposed to do it without grudge. You're not supposed to do it grudgingly. I can't go back and reconsider that gift that I've given unto the Lord. Say, well, if I had to pay this, I would pay this, and I would have this. You're reconsidering it as of that point. And then in Proverbs, Proverbs tell you that when you give a gift, you're not supposed to go back and reconsider it anyway. And so the Lord, has, the Lord has already torn that veil. So, you know, Pastors nowadays, and I do get the ten percent of what you give. But then again, when they was giving ten percent, they was giving ten percent of the things that they grew from the earth, the grain, the meat offering, and the things of that nature. They didn't give it no. Um, they didn't give it grudgingly. They didn't give like the the worst of the of the worst, and they kept the best for themselves. They gave the best of the best. 
and the Lord right. of the land. And you know, like even with this, where the Lord, this is, and the pastors nowadays got this thing where they go out, where it's not yours, no way, it's the Lord's. Everything's the Lord, we're the Lord's. Right. And so then, and if that's the case, that means that I'm supposed to give a tenth of my time tithing to doing servant work like we're doing on this call. The only difference that we don't do is we, we, we don't go out from house to house and door to door and knock doors and stuff like that and spread the good news of the gospel, which we should do because we can spend a few minutes of our time doing that. But the point is, I don't have to, if the Lord bless me, to be able to pay my house mortgage, my light water, gas, telephone, food, car no, car insurance, and all the other expenses that I have throughout the month. I don't think he, I, I'm not going to say he don't want, if I make $5,000, I'm not going to say he want me. He don't want me to give 500 but I can give that 500 to someone else who's less fortunate, who's out there hungry, and I think he'll be more pleased than that. I don't know. It might be. I don't know. That's just my way of thinking, and I might be wrong. Y'all pray, pray for me. But um, you know, that's what churches are doing. That's all. They're not teaching the word of God. All churches nowadays now that you, if you go into them, the first thing you go hear, and it's going to be the 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 foundation for their sermon is give, 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 give. Give, yeah. give, 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 give. And like Saturday, you know, I'm over the archives ministry at my church, which I don't have a meeting but once a month. I mean, once a year. And they say, you don't never have no meetings. I say, aren't you glad? <laughs> but anyway, and so the thing is, I'm serious, ever since we've been, the, the lady was reading it, this elderly lady, 70 years old, she was reading the secretary, she was reading the notes. She said, we were supposed to have met again. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, Hey, you know, for what we do, you know, save the archive stuff, either programs to archive them and to save the envelopes and stuff. You guys get to save them for 10 years now for the sort of hours. That's the thing that we do. But the thing is, um, we were talking, and they were talking about, uh, now they talk about the pastoral aid. What do you mean by pastoral aid? I could see if the pastor to have a pastoral aide if he had a full time job, which my pastor does, and if he but his full time job was there at that church, going out and visiting the sick, going around and visiting the hospital of the elderly, um, going to take the, the the seniors to the grocery store to the doctor appointments to pay their bills and what have you. I can see you having the pastoral aid. But when he's out there working the way that I'm working, eight hours a day, he's getting a full-time paycheck, he's getting paid for the church, why do you need a pastoral aid? That is in my mind. You don't need to do the aid because you're not really doing all the things you're supposed to do. Because like my niece had that hemorrhage stroke back there in January, although she's not a member of that church anymore, but she was baptized and she's a member of another church, still the same by her grandfather being an associate pastor, my grandmother's being a minister's wife, ex-deacon wife, and we attending that church, and you supposed to, and you know my whole family, I think the one thing you should have been doing is coming out there to the hospital and offering prayer, standing in the gap and praying for healing for the, your, your members' loved ones. Not just your own congregation. You know, then I can see people just opening up their bosom and blessing the pastor the way they want to bless him and what have you. But otherwise, if you're not doing those things, 
I don't see where you, Lord, please forgive me if I'm wrong. This is just head talk. You deserve those type of things. You know, because when Jesus told the disciples to go out and preach, he told me, he said, don't take no script, no staff, no change of clothes, no nothing, because the people is going to provide for you. Those people left their business, businesses, being fishermen or being whatever it is that they were doing, tax collectors or something, follow Jesus. So the Lord went around and, and he provided for them to make sure that their way be met. Right. But, you know, they, everybody now is all about the dollars. And everybody nowadays, you got more ministers than you can even name a number. You got more ministers, and I'm not saying the Lord hadn't called them because I don't know how the Lord spoke to them in their spirit. But the one thing they coming back, they look at the fact that I want to be able. What a friend of mine, Robert, she went into the ministry, I guess, 10 plus years now. But the pastor don't let me sit in the pulpit. The pastor don't let me sit up and bring the morning message. The pastor don't let me do this. The pastor don't let me. I, I had to just come out and say, Robert, it seems as though to me is that you want to stand before a congregation and be recognized. You want to do the elevation and let man elevate you, but don't you want your work to be done, elevation to come from God. So, therefore, we all are ministers. I don't care whether I see the choir, I'm a minister. Whether I'm directing the choir, I'm a minister. Whether I'm an usher, being a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, I am ministering. Whether I go and take my elderly neighbor to the grocery store to the doctor's house, I'm a minister. And I'm not expecting anything for what I do. Right. So well, I'm going to go to this church because they say they're going to obey me. I'm going to go to this church because they say they're going to do this for me. They, I'm going to go to this church because they say they're going to do this. But still the same, you haven't gotten to any of those things of all those promises that people have promised you to do. So what do so therefore I bring up the question and I hate to even stop you in your lesson. Are you do what you're doing that you say you're doing in the name of the Lord, is it for real or is it for show? Oh, come on now. I don't need another man to praise me. I'm gonna let the Lord do that. Every day he breaks open my eyes and get on this call to commune with you all, or if you all are not on there, or even with Sam or whomever's on at that time, to share or just to even usher in this to God, divine wisdom, his guiding hand to carry me through the day, to seek him first and foremost for what I should do throughout that day. I know what I got to do, but I need him to instruct me on how to do it. So, you know, we, we have to watch out what we do. Is it vain glory or is it to edify God? And that's what I'm seeing a lot of people going around to me, going around here and um, becoming ministers, what have you, just for the profit. Now, there are some out there now, and I'm so more, and I don't know about you all, I'm more apt to believe them when they stand or they preach or even to be recognized as being workers or servants of God, those who have gone out there and lived, those who have gone out there and made mistakes, those who have gone out there and did whatever, but then again the Lord touched their lives and turned them around and brought them in. Because, see, now they can tell me something because they know, they've experienced how the world could beat you up. 
But those who have never done anything but then just trying to seek their own vain glory, trying to see how they can get another dollar out of you, hey, I got a problem with. That's okay. You know. Because we all, if you think about it, we all are ex-something. Whether it's ex-alcoholics, ex-cigarette smokers, ex-hormongers, ex-whatever it is. We are ex-something, those who have been brought into the world. And then there's some of us who are still trying to find our way into the world, such as myself. I mean, not into the world, but into Christ, um, such as myself. Because each and every day, I, I always, I can sit back, I can do a self-inventory on myself. And I can see where I've missed the mark of discipleship or I missed the mark of the call of God or I've walked contrary to what the word has said each and every day, whether it's through thought or action or what have you. I've missed the mark. <clears throat> but go on back to your list. I'm sorry for getting nothing today. Oh, you good. You good. You are good because that's, because that's the thing. That's the whole point. I mean, because in it, in it ties into what we're reading, because think about it. Was Aaron doing what he did? Was he doing it for God or was he doing it because he saw the people coming to him looking for the answer? And instead of him seeking God and asking God what should he do in his own flesh, he went and did what he thought was best. That was set aside of people. Yes. Yes. And satisfy himself. Because exactly. now they're patting him on the back saying, thank you so much. Look at what you did. And that goes to what you were saying. A lot of people, you know, and I've heard, and I've heard, um, the, the older ministers, you know, the ones that are retiring, they try to warn the younger ministers, like, if you're doing this for God, understand this is X, Y, Z is going to happen. But if you're doing this because you want accolades, then ABC is going to happen. And you have to be, you know, you have to be, um, do your due diligence and hold on. And a lot of the younger, a lot of the younger um, ministers are trying so hard to go out and, you know, if they don't, if they're not in the pulpit, they feel like. They're wasting their time. Excuse me. They're wasting their time, and it's like, how so? There and is then no not only that, I, I'm thinking in and in, in pulpit pulpit etiquette, and any etiquette when it comes to a person who's an authority, or even a person who thinks that he's an authority. First of all, you have to be invited into that person's pulpit. You just don't go and take a seat because you got ministered by your name. 
or whatever you want to call your name, reverend or pastor or bishop or elder or overseer or whoever you call yourself, you're not supposed to wait for an invitation to do it. Because in, even in Proverbs, they talk about it, say, when you go before a king, you be you be considerate about what you eat. And then they say, you let, a, let the king invite you up. And, in fact, before he asks you to step down in front of your presence of other other people. So you let them do the inviting. And I'm sure they're going to invite according to who they know that they could, who, who got some, if they get ready to go before the congregation or whomever with the word of God, somebody might need open up a prayer where I know this man here and I feel his spirit when he's praying. Or even it's just like somebody singing for you at a at your wedding, or even at some of your family members' funeral, uh, and you 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 want somebody who's going to minister to your heart and to the spirit of of, of people. You don't want nobody to get up there just because they say they can sing. They gonna get up there and start screaming and hollering. But then the words that they're singing about does not minister to them. They don't even feel and believe what they they're singing themselves. That's just head knowledge. Just a lot 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 of lot of lot of people go around here preaching. They do a whole bunch of lip service. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I reminded of this guy who who um who who ministered at my uncle's church, who who um, Erica's brother now pastors that church. But anyway, he came there. He was preaching on this. It was the annual day, and I forget which annual day it was. I remember the guy preaching. He was he doing that like, kind of stuff like that. Does low. Yeah, I'm like, oh, please, can he stop that? But the thing was, when he took the scripture, he read from one book, but he preached about a whole different thing and never made the connection of what the scripture said. To me, that's to me that's a wit preacher. That wasn't a sent preacher, nor was it a call preacher. But that's a wit. I wit because I'm going. I'm, I know I'm gonna get this chick when I leave up out. I'm gonna have four five hundred dollars in my pocket or a thousand dollars in my pocket when I get through doing this hour and a half service. Wow. You know, and see, with and we and people, that's the reason why we have to study to show ourselves approved. Worthy of that word because the simple fact, I understand modern technology got it now where you can get the Bible apps on the on the phones and on your iPads and your laptops and on your computers or whatever you whatever whichever you go. If that's for you, that's good. But to me, I like to go the tra- traditional way. I like to carry that word in my hand. I need to look and search to research that word because nowadays all the Bibles, if you got to use the Bible, they got those little numbers under there. That's concordance telling you go back to that scripture and look at what that meant when they say uh, transgressed or when they say that um, you can say something like and the light shone and then it'll tell you that the light shined on so and so so and so or they were talking about they worship Astaroth and all these dogs and all these other people and they let you know that was a Canaanite goddess or a Canaanite god there was a wooden image. There was a graven image. It lets you know what those people were actually doing. But the, but the, but when you get that computer on their lap, that Bible on their phone, you download it. All you do is see the words, but you don't understand the meaning of the words because you can't make the connection with the concordance or what they was talking about. Right. Yes. 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 And so that is so important to me. 
I could go and read off the big screen of the TV because they, I mean, in the church because they got it there. But then when I open my Bible, I look over here and see what this meant. Now I got an understanding. I'm not going off what the preacher said. I'm going because I'm studying. The Lord is ministering to my spirit what to look for, what not to do, what to say, how to go about my business, what he would do if we do this, or what he'll do if we don't do this, and, or, you know, those things right there, they, they, we have become so modernized or technology-driven or, or savvy where we're, we've, we've lost the first love. And, you, know, you know, like in old days, the preachers were very few people who could read, so they had to go with what the minister said. And then his interpretation was just so accurate as to when we, you, Sam, and myself, grown up now, start reading about for ourselves, it's not what our former pastors taught. Right. The Lord showing us a different way. So, who is that yawning? Huh? I think that's Pam. She was asleep. Oh, she keeps holding that baby. She calls it. Pam. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, okay. <laughs> what got you doing? That's fine.
with just whatever was given to me. But now that I know, because now I think I think too is because now I know I can go to him and get that information, you know. And and unlike some ministers who tell you you got to go through them to get to God, you know, to know that it's okay for me to go to him and he has no problem with giving me the answer. Love it. Love, love God, love God. And then he's not to judge it. Then you got to worry about the one thing about it. When I talk to my father about it, if he gonna tell everybody, he ain't gonna tell nobody but his son Jesus, who's standing down there bowing down each and every day, praying for us. You know, I understand that there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but I'm of the belief, and I don't know about you. The Lord said, "You ask the Father anything in my name." That's what Jesus said, is it not? That's what he said. Okay, he said, you asked the Father. And when he went to the God, God of Gethsemane, and he prayed, he prayed to the who? The Father. Okay, when he went up on on, on, on Calvin's cross, he said, Eli, lama sabachthani. I think that was in the Garden of Eden. He said, my Father, my Father, why have thou forsaken me? So he was praying to the one. So, but it, all these churches nowadays are teaching that they are one, not saying that the Holy Spirit that dwells around them are one, and they share the same spirit and the same belief, same likes, or same mission, or whatever, same purpose. But then somebody, well, when you pray that, pray, yeah, Jesus is God, I do acknowledge that. But I still believe he is being the, 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 the son of a heavenly father. That's the way I believe. Yeah. You know, that's the way I believe. It. A lot of people just trying to say, "You, you, when you done it, you, yeah." You, I, when I pray to Jesus, yeah, I might be praying to the Father too. But He said, "You ask the Father." He said, "Ask me." But you know, one thing about it that I, Lord, I'm not bragging or boasting about how I worship and praise You. But when I I stop communing with the Father, God, Jehovah, Yahweh, whoever we, we want to call Him. I turn my life and I, I give thanks to my Lord and Savior for interceding for me daily, praying for me, calling my name out before the Father for me. That's just the way I. That's what he said he was gonna do. Huh? That's what he said he was gonna do. What? So. You know, this is what I'm saying. We have to get into this thing and study it for ourselves because otherwise we're going to miss something. But the better part about it, just like even when he was Jesus was on the cross and you had the two thieves, one sit up there and tried to mock him. If you be the son of God, save, save, save us and save yourself. And the other one had was wise enough to go back and say, this man has done no wrong. We're deserving of our punishment, but he has done any wrong. And he turned on, he actually said, when you come into your kingdom, he asked him that he have basically, in other words, have mercy for me, allow me into your kingdom. He said, from this day on, you'll be in paradise with me. That lets me know that those who believe and trust in him, and that when the paradise comes, Jesus is going to teach us ourselves. I'm so thankful that we're finally going to learn the correct way of worship, what yes. his word meant. Because men got to twist it. They, 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 they twisted this thing around. 
and half of them don't even get to the last chapter of Revelation where it says, woe unto those who add to this word. You're not to add from it, and you're not to take away from it. Man, yes. Tell it. That's the biggest part for me. Like, I, you know, I'm, I, you know, at one time, I was, you know, I would say, well, oh, they missed the word. It's okay. But but now when you pay attention, if you miss a word on purpose or by accident, it changes the word of God. It sure does. Yes, and so, it does. Anyway, so, so him saying, don't do it, but we purposely do it. It's just like, oh, my gosh. What? You know, no. Mm-mm. Lord, no. That's why we got to sit. You know, it, it praying to God, asking Him for the help me with my light, be in my power, be in my water, be okay with telephone, car, note, car insurance, all the other things that I need in order to live my life as today's standard says, or what mm-hmm. I need to have to make it through. But the thing is, when you bring the word up before the Lord, and and and, and, and Lisa, this is the truth. I never forget it. And this just happened this year. Well, my niece on January 5th, I think it was, she had a hemorrhage stroke. That's where she started hemorrhaging from a spinal cord in her neck and her and, and her brain. And the blood was pooling behind her right ear. And the pressure would not go anywhere, had nowhere to go. We didn't want the blood vessel to rupture totally because that would have mean she was, I wasn't been here. But the thing is, we got there, and this Saturday it snowed here, and it just became an ice storm. Just, and my niece, my dad had gone out there with her Thursday. He couldn't see her. Friday, he couldn't see her. We all went out, my mom, dad, and myself. And the doctor said, no stimulus, meaning nobody, not even a light, the television, nothing, no more than when the nurse is going. They did allow her husband to go back there. Because my nieces and I are basically raised like sisters and brothers because I'm like seven years older than the oldest one. And then... And then her children couldn't go see her, and any, couldn't nobody go. And they let her mom go back there for a minute. They let her husband go back for stay back there to keep her calm as much as he could, and let her sister go because the medication her head headaches was so severe, her blood pressure was two hundred and sixty five over one hundred and seventy four. Oh my goodness! Everything was wrong. So this Saturday morning we were planning on going out there, but we got the call where my sister texted me and said, "Tanya said." She wants to know where's her uncle. She hadn't seen her uncle. I said, tell her that I've been there. And she said, well, she got to get out of the house to go get her grandmother some peanut butter. But I said, tell her stop worrying about us to worry about, you know, we're going to make it. We'll be there. But anyway, how my sister gets through texting me and we communicate through text. The daughter, my sister's younger daughter, hold one second, please. Okay. Hello? Good morning. How are you? I forgot the dude was out there. Like, shit, what you doing at home? <laughs> Let me have this day. They're giving it to me for free. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, Are you still up here? She's up. Miss Wells called her. She went next door. Okay. Can I call here? Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Yes, ma'am. It's my 90-year-old great aunt. But 90. anyway, 90, oh, baby. Good. Voice stronger than mine and yours and gets around better than you and I. But anyway, um, 
my niece said, Uncle, y'all need to get out here now because they, we don't know if they want to do the surgery, but again, they can't get the blood pressure down. And they said, if Tanya, they do the surgery, Tanya got a 1% chance of living. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh, there you go. So my dad, like, let's go. So I'm getting him into the car truck, to his truck, and my mom into the car, and I'm trying to arrive on this ice because you all have snow. We have ice storms. So we don't have the snow. We just it just turned to a sheet of ice. You can go ice skating on. I'm trying to drive down the road on ice, get up hills to the hospital or what have you. So my dad said, "I'm not going anywhere till something happens. Whichever the way the Lord move, I'm not going anywhere." So we, of course, we all prayed and everything. I took him back there so he could try to see through the ICU glass at her, but it was so dark you couldn't see nothing but the white linen that was on the bed and a figure laying in the bed. And so he said, I've been praying all the time. I said, well, Daddy, you just walk in. He said, I'm praying all the time. I said, okay. I left it at that. So he didn't come home that Sunday. He didn't come home that Monday. He know my mom. He didn't come home that Tuesday. He didn't come home that Wednesday. He didn't come home. Now, we talk about a person with three strokes himself, and that basically can't walk without assistance and definitely can't walk very far. My mom with these open-heart surgeries, you know the story. <clears throat> they stand out there because we're going to watch the hand of the Lord move us. So I called back out there that Sunday night. Her husband and my sister just bellowing, just, just hollering, screaming and everything all outside, you know, because they didn't want to cry in the hospital. And the doctor had gave another bad word. So we went out there and we joined hands, my dad, my my sister, and my niece's husband, and, my, and myself, and two white ladies who was in this um <clears throat> He was out there at ICU, and they was praying because they were the wives. They married to the same man. Well, I ain't even know such went on in our days. And their family members in faith. And we prayed unto the Lord. We prayed and we called upon the name of the Lord. And gradually, day by day by day by day, the Lord started turning that thing around. And the next thing we know, the doc, the doc was like, I can't believe it. I'm looking at it from my eyes. You are you are medical miracle because the simple fact you're not supposed to be here. She's like, well, I'm not supposed to be here. She's like, I'm supposed to be in the hospital for a headache. She didn't even remember she had a stroke. But the best thing about it, you can show you how my God worked, Felicia. She came through that stroke without any loss of memory. She came through that stroke without any residual effects. You cannot tell she had a stroke. You can't look at her. Her speech is all there. She's able to walk, talk, move, and do everything within two weeks. Oh, amen. So then, then let me know we don't have to go before and lay all your business out because everybody who you ask to pray for, they're not praying for your better well-being. You know, the reason why I say that because you may ask some people to pray for you. Okay, I'll pray for you. Some don't even pray for you after they've told that lie. Second second of all, then are they praying for that you improve and believe in what they're praying? Right. 
Because, you, you know, there's some people who, who will pray, well, Lord, remove that person out of my life. Well, that's true in certain instances. If that person has caused you to go contrary to the will of God, yes. But you don't pray that anything happened to him. That's not speaking life, should I say. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why you can ask everybody to pray for you. Exactly. That's why I say you can't have everybody praying for you. Everybody's not, you're not going to stand in that gap and agree, touch and agree that the Lord move on your behalf. Say, for instance, if we pray for Sam that he's going through the court situation, are you praying that the Lord deliver him and set him free from this, or are you praying for just a bandage? I don't want no bandage prayer. I want a, 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 a everlasting prayer, should I say. Amen. Amen. And so, like, so like when I was and when we pray, and, I'm, and immediately, if I'm praying for healing, the Lord brings back those healing scriptures, the woman with the issue of the blood, the ten who was lepers who, who Jesus healed as they were walking down the road, and one turned around and thanked him. He said, rise, your faith has made you whole. Those type of prayers. Lord, I know you've done it. For these people, I know you did it for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. I know you did it for Daniel. Lord, I know when you set the captives free from out of, 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 of the Israelites, free from out of, out of the bondage of Pharaoh in Egypt. I know what you did, Lord. I believe you did this. And I know if you did it now, you can do it. You, you did it then, you can do it again. Exactly. Exactly. You get to bring the word back up to him and let him know. So you just did this before. Now I know you're able. And <laughs> still have the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even if he don't do it, I know that he's able. Amen. Amen. So that's why I'm so glad. Yeah, he constructed it. You're right. The Lord had everything particular, precise, the way he wanted it done. When he was building that temple, he built the portions where only a few can go in. And then when the priest went into the Holy of the Holies, how they had to tie a rope around his waist because the others couldn't go in there because the glory of God was there. Exactly. And if the priest went in there, under, went in there um, defiled with any type of sin, he fell dead. So they had to pull the ropes and drag him on up, up out of there. I said, how many, and, 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 and the tripped out part is, well, not tripped out, but the thing is, you don't know how many actually did die going in and there. Because the, how many because times the went in there? It wasn't recorded. Exactly. Exactly. But it goes to show for him to let you know that they had to have a rope tied around their waist. <laughs> that, they were still flesh and blood. They were still flesh and blood. Yes, they mm-hmm. were. And, and so, you know, and I'm of the opinion now. We go ahead. No, I mean, the one thing is that's what we forget. You know, we forget that the um, the ministers that minister to us are only flesh and blood. Exactly. You know? And so you you know they might cuss. They might still take a drink. They might still do that, this, that, and the other. But the thing is, what you're looking at is the fruit. Are they still striving 
to do their best for God. There's a difference between saying, I'm a man of God and God knows my heart and I want to still do my own thing and I'm striving to be the best I can for God. Exactly. And I know I'm going to fall short each and every day. This is why I told you I can recognize my own shortcomings each and every day. And the thing is, I'm of the opinion, like, when I when I get ready to read or my Bible or to pray, I like to go, because they told, told them, said those people had to, who were found impure or, or, or unclean, they had to go and consecrate themselves cells back there. They had to go shave their heads. They had to go take a bath. They had to do the ash cloth thing. They had to do the repentance thing before they even could go into the presence of God, because you're not supposed to go before him unclean. So it's just like even a woman who had an issue of blood. She wasn't allowed to go, and she was in her customary, as the Bible will say. She wasn't allowed to even enter into the house of God long as she was on her customary or after childbirth because she was unclean. Right. And I'm of an opinion that that's the reason why, like, half of I'm not judging nobody. When we come on these calls and stuff, we sluggish and we can't even get into the presence of God or even or receive what God is saying because, simple fact, we are still unclean. Mm. Oh, woe is me. That's <laughs> yeah, just me and my, my opinion. But, you know, when I, I – I'm, I'm – I'm, when you hear me on the phone, Felicia, if you ever see me, I'm always this way. My coworkers say, I don't understand how you can always be so cheerful and jovial all the time because the simple fact, I don't want to bring a bad presence around now. I'm not always happy, but I try to put that on as I'm happy because the simple fact, if I go around you and I bring you, I'm like, oh, 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 this, oh, that. You tear other people's fears down. Pretty much. Pretty much. And then if they see you coming every day like that, they're like, oh, here this, here this grumbling person comes. <laughs> he always mourning. He always crying. <laughs> he always begging. Always complaining. Always this, always that. I got a friend of mine that lives on the street from me, very young. She's now, I guess she was about a, I want to say almost a 10 year cancer survivor. But anyway, she had to have a double mastectomy. But ever since I've known her from our youth to now, every time you go, oh, you so and so, so and so, and so, you complaining all the time, baby. Think about how the Lord, and I'm telling her to say I'm thinking about how the Lord has brought you too, baby. Right. You don't need chemo not one time but two or three times. You might have had to have, have a double mastectomy, and you go through all these health issues and things like that. But the Lord still got you here to tell your story 10 years later. 10 years later? Yes. And you said, uh-uh. You have to stress. And see, that, that cancer gene came off her father's side because her sisters, who was not her mother's children, all of them have had to have double mastectomies. Mm. 
and but you still here, but you always angry. I want to go and see her so bad. In fact, I can stand in my front door, look across the street, and my neighbor's house right behind their house is her house. Look right at the side of their house. I want to go visit, but I promise you, Felicia, I just can't go there and then have my spirits and count and countenance just turned down because I know the moment I from the very moment we say, hey, the, the hello was the greeting was first of all sour. Uh-huh. Then you sit there five minutes. The daughter to drop all these children off on me. She won't come and get them. And yeah, 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 yeah. Very well behaved boys. In fact, you wouldn't even know they're in the house because they don't even come out of their room. They're always watching TV, doing whatever it is that she has them to do when she has company. Because she's still old school in that respect. When when I have company, you all go back there and stay, what have you. But um, but um, mm mm. I can't do it. I, I'm sorry, Lord. I can pray from you afar, and I know the Lord. My prayers can go where my where my body can't go, because I can't be everywhere all the time. But I'm praying to the Father who can. But um, it's it, it just disheartening when you you got that type of an individual, and um, when we actually could go into the throne room ourselves for ourselves nowadays. I'm not telling anybody not to go to church, because I love going to church. I like. I like to be among the fellowship of the believers, you know. I don't care what they do or how they did or what I saw them do. I'm not here to judge. But right. then again, I know how to stand up, and, and I'm so thankful that the Lord has brought me to this call, which I've always had a praying relationship with the Lord for my youth. But um, now I'm able to get into his presence, into his word more so for myself than Anybody else have, you know, like, like Sam said on the yesterday call, you got your um, giants. Don't confess them out of your mouth. Confess them in your heart because the Lord rewards. He already told you those who pray in secret, he rewards them openly. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Mm, 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 mm. What's going on with the lesson, Felicia? I took you away from it. No, it falls right in, Arthur. It falls right in, and that, that's the awesome part. That's why I love. This. That's why I love this call so much. Cause you know, learning, 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 all the time. But you know what about this call too? The Lord knows exactly who's going to get on each and every day, how often we're going to get on throughout the month, how often we're going to get on throughout the year. He knows everything. But then there are those who have came and fellowshiped with us, and they are gone on now. The Lord knew exactly they were there for a season. Not that he has taken his hands off them because of simple fact. Um, he knows that they got other buildings. Uh, dealings to do, but he brought them on to give them that strength so they can go on and press on to see what the end is going to be. And when they have time, they come back. That's a good thing about our God. We all are prodigal sons and daughters of his. Yes. We all stray away. Oh, but when we come back home, look at the celebration that's going on up in heaven. Mm. 
And the best part about it, we at the party, but the sad, but and the sad part about it, we don't know that we at the party. <laughs> yeah. Hold on one second. Hold on. Okay. Have you 
created a place in your heart for the Lord to live and to dwell in there. Now, that's the temple that I'm more so worried about is these bodies that we have that we're walking around in and call flesh. Do you have room enough for the Lord to live within our bodies? Yes, exactly. And if not, are you willing and able to make room? Exactly. There it is. There it is. When you're drinking this bread of life to me this morning, and I and it just it, as we commune and uh, together, and we fellowship, it is it's, it's cleaning out that left chamber of that heart, or that right chamber, or the center of that heart, or one of those valves, or mitral valves, atrial valves, or any of those portions that somewhere, somewhere, so that that word can get into my heart, it get into my mind. I bring those things up that I believe about it. I bring it back before the Lord, and the Lord cannot, he's not a liar. He's not like man, so he's going to honor his word. In fact, he has to honor his word. Yes. Yes. Because he said it's not going to come. So when we study these scriptures and we're, we're examining, okay, he says he's to build this by Shittimur. He says for he to have the golden rings. And even as you go on and you keep talking about the construction of the temple, how he, he had them to pound out the gold to make the cherubims and the seraphims to sit at this position, this particular position of an angle in the corner of a church or what have you, or, or, or of a temple, and, and all these things I get. So when we study these words, these things become part of our nature, become a part of our ministry, it become a part of our belief system. Then we know, you know, because a preacher might preach it, he might not just, it might not be interesting to me the way he teaches it. Right, or he might be hooping and hollering, and and I can't get what I'm supposed to get because he's doing his homonymics and all those things. <laughs> you know what? And that's and that's the part that um, that I I miss. You know, and I and I tell my daughter all the time and my sister because they're like, "Well, you should go to church," and I'm like. You know, I, until I could find me a church where he does more than just, you know, grace, grace, a scripture, and then kind of expound, I don't find the same enriching. You know, I you know it just it just comes out to you're talking to me. And what you're not giving me anything to hold on to, you know, and I and I maybe I said that's how I said maybe I'm going in with the wrong idea, but what I expect to receive, what I receive, are two totally different things, and I think it's because I compare church to what we do, you know, Monday through Friday, where we look at the scriptures and we look at. You know, and we discuss it, and we, we everybody gives their in, you know, their um, what the Holy Spirit has given them when they receive it, and it it, it gives the word to me a fuller, a fuller um, 
a meteor, there you go, a meteor um, revelation for me to chew on throughout the week. And even even then, it gives clarity. Yes. Clarity to the scripture. You know, you're not going to get everything because he knows you can't handle everything. I'm not going to get everything. He knows I can't handle Sam, Elka, all the many others that come on him. He's not going to give them everything because you can't handle it all at once. And not just that. It's not, I sometimes I don't think it's nothing we could handle it, but it's not hitting you the same way it hits me because you're not going through the same situation I'm going through. So, like, even talking about the, even talking about the giants and David, you might see the story from David's point of view. I might see it from the Stone's point of view. I, and, and, and Erica might see it from the Giants' point of view. And then all of us turn from the point of view that we're seeing it from and sharing that. It's just like, oh, wow. And then, you know, even, even this, Felicia, with those Giants, we might have been looking at it for what the, what the, how they was trying to take the land and who possessed the land and how big a statue those people were, but not realizing that those giants can be that light bill, that telephone bill, the mortgage, the rent, right. the child's tuition, or, uh, you know, something like it. Those are giants, sicknesses, cancer, diabetes, AIDS. Yes. All those things are giants. They're bigger than we are, but we got a God who's bigger than they are, a God who's able to turn those situations around. See, that's that's one thing I like about that, that those giants may not be a, uh, a Goliath. They are Goliaths. They are giants. But the thing is, they may not be in the human form or physical form which you can touch and destroy. Right. I can't get rid of this. This I already know Alabama Power Company gonna send me a bill every month. I already know that AT and T gonna send me a bill every month. I already know that Carrollton uh, Mortgage people gonna send me a bill every month. Those are things that I know I got to conquer, not one time, but daily. Mm. Whether I got COPD, emphysema, whether I have asthma, whether I have diabetes, for those who are playing with AIDS, those who are suffering from the battle with cancer, <coughs> we got to speak to those situations and let them know who our God is. Exactly. And one thing that we are, and one thing that we have to remember is be prepared, because one thing that David did was. He not only had, when he was preparing his, um, to fight Goliath, he not just got one stone. He got, look at you, baby. He got five stones. Five. Five. And, and then, so, look, there wasn't no any kind of, kind, of, kind of stone. They weren't jagged. They wasn't broken. They were flat, plain stones. Right. And you know what? And since you're talking about this, let me make this connection right here. 
even when Moses was bringing the children out of Egypt, the Israelites out of Egypt, and he when they got to that Red Sea, every time you think about it, when he went before Pharaoh with his staff, he had Aaron to lay. He said, "Lord, told me use what he had in his hand." He told Aaron to lay that thing down, and they consumed the Pharaoh's snake. When he laid it down, he turned into a serpent too. But the Lord's serpent consumed Pharaoh's serpent. He used what he had in his hand. Yeah. When the Lord told him, when he came up and, and all the, the, the red sea turned to blood, he said, stretch out your rod and touch the water. Use what you got in your hand. When they came to the red sea and they had to cross, he said, stretch out your hand. It's all about lifting our hands to the Lord and giving him reverence, control, that's what I see as being. When we stretch out our hands to the Lord, we giving the Lord control of that mortgage, control of that job, control of that way with boss, control of those disobedient students, control of our way with family members, control of our loved ones, or those of us who have have significant others when they out there running around and popping down the street and getting drunk and high, whoremongering and things, giving control over that situation, giving control over diabetes and emphysema and COPD and, and, and AIDS and cancer, giving him control. Lord, you're bigger than that, so I'm going to get this back to you. And I'm going to let you have it because that's the reason why that the hymnologist said, Father, I stretch my hand to thee, but there's no other help. I know if thou withdraw thyself from me, oh, where will I go? It's all about stretching out your hand and your face to the most high God and giving it to him because you can handle it better than I can. Wow. These are Goliaths. Wow. as As of now, those stones to us in modern times has become our prayers has become our scenes, our praise, our worship, our testimonies. They have become those things that the Lord has given us, our faith. Those are the stones that we got to sling in my eye. It ain't the gun, it ain't the knife, it's not the machete, it's not the, the, the nunchucks, but it's the word of God. Lord, I'm going to bring these five words back up before you. Lord, I'm sending this prayer back up for you. Bless it. Bless it. I even got so to the point where I take my medication for my thyroid or whatever medication I take. I be, I try to make it a habit, just like I ask the Lord to bless my food. Lord, mm-hmm. bless this medication. I know the medication is not going to cause the healing, but, Father God, if you bless it, you can touch it and you can make it do what it's supposed to do. Because otherwise, I'm just taking some pills. If you're right. anointing on, on these pills, it's not doing me any good. I'm just taking something else in my body that's going to tear down something else inside my body. So if you bless it, you're going to build up that which is torn down, and you're going to remove that should not be there. <clears throat> okay, I'm done with that. Now nah, come on now, because you know what? Because that's the thing. You, you that really, that really stood out. He, he blesses what is in your hand. 
use what's in your hand. And we was talking about the, you know, talking about directing. I mean, David only had to use one stone to kill the Goliath. But the thing is, it was because he he listened and by faith and belief when he let it go, when he released it, he knew that that was, that was the shot. He let he, he let God use him to pull back just enough because he could overshot. He could have not shot hard enough. So he knew it was not him, but God that directed that shot. And then not only that, he not only that, he could have shot in the wrong place. Exactly. And the exactly. word that I already told you, the only way you could destroy a snake is by bruising the head of a serpent. So we have, <clears throat> so how much more so do we need to be, that's all we need to be more specific in how we pray, how we pray for our sickness, how we pray, excuse me, <coughs> <coughs> how we pray for our sickness, how we pray for our family. If we're more specific, we will see. We will see the authority that God has given us manifest itself. We can't do just the general prayer. We have to we have to go down, oh my gosh, okay Lord, so if it's about your thyroid, so Lord uh, you know the thyroid on the left and the back, God, they took it out. You, you, and you alone are the only one that can regenerate the energy that that thyroid that was removed can um can can be regenerated, so I can get the energy I need to get up out the bed every day. You're the only one that can, you know. They said that my C three and C my C three through C seven vertebrae were having, you know, um, bulging discs. Well, Lord, you can go through and touch those discs. You know, we have to be real specific. Exactly, you have to call him out. You have to call yeah. him out by name. You know, because yeah. those to me are demons. Those are legions of demons and things of that nature. They're great demons, and they all have a name. And the Lord know them all by name. He can call every last one of them on the Lord, I know you can do it. So by me just telling you about it, Father, I I I I expect for you to do these things for me, even if you can't. But Lord, I got to face enough to know that you that you can do it. You might not do it for me, but you will do it for somebody else. Amen. You know, Lord, please, I know by Jesus coming here that even though those abominations, those abominable sins that, that's detestable, that stink so much in your nostril, that would not dwell in your glory, Lord, I, I ask in the name of Jesus that you forgive me of those acts when I've gone out and I've, I've, I've committed adultery or fornicated, because that's an abomination to it. Even for those who are, like, say, cross-genders who have gone and lived straddle, contrary to what the Lord has said, to 
sent them here, and 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 I was pleased that you sent me here as a man, and now I want to be a woman. I was I was pleased that you sent me here as a woman, and I want to be a man. I identify more with that that sex than I do with what you sent me here. And so, but when you come into your right mind, you can pray, Lord, forgive me for those things. So that they would not rise. So bring back. You said my sins will be cast as far as from the east and from the west. So therefore, that they would not uh, rise up in me in the in the day of judgment. You said that you would cast them back to the pits of hell from where they come. You know, uh, if you they ever come into that mind of, of worshiping Christ, Lord, I know these cigarettes was they, they has has torn down this temple you gave me this body. I can't read, but I they they're big. They, I'm so addicted to them, Lord. But you're bigger than they are. You could take the very taste from my mouth. That alcohol that thing makes me feel so good. Which he didn't drink. He didn't condemn drinking. He said a drunker, somebody drunk all the time. But Lord, you able to deliver them from that as well. Those are those giants, those Goliaths. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, for just renting the temple, Lord God, the veil of the temple, so that we could enter the most holy of holies and make our confessions known unto you. Amen. Yes. So, Lord, I think I'm going on the call. Yeah. Um going back in for round two. <laughs> Sorry people. I woke up this morning at four thirty and I couldn't go back to sleep until like right before seven. And I got the phone right here, right here at my ear, and I nodded right off. Baby, you growl. You growl. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that's okay. But you know what? In order for you to get that rest that you needed, the Lord had to have a word. Even though you started off on the word, he had to have a word to cover you so you can get some little peace. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I ain't, I ain't hating on you, baby. I, I got sleeping in church yesterday. I was like, never in the Like somebody passed some rocks to my eyelids. <laughs> Ooh. And I was trying to keep them open. I went to look at crazy. My mama looked upside my head. <laughs> <laughs> like you're about five years old. <laughs> Ooh, look, and he did that little elbow nudge. <laughs> hey, you wake up, wake up, wake up. I see you, baby. I see you, baby. I know they're waking up at 4 o'clock. Remember, that's a daily routine for me. This is my hour. I get kind of love sleeping myself. That's the reason why I stand up all day at work, so I can just stay awake. You okay? Yeah. I noticed that that's you can wake me up at 3 o'clock every day. Uh, mm-hmm. 3.30. I wake up like clockwork. I'm like, okay, Lord, well, I didn't go to bed until, you know, I want to stop going to bed early to figure out why. Why he's waking me up at 3 o'clock. Strange dreams, strange dreams. Yeah, yeah, because he well, he wants to say something, and and yeah. you know, but the thing is, and and by you driving Uber, and I I've driven limo, and I know what what how how, oh, 
I don't even say nothing more about that. But anyway, I know how frustrating driving can be altogether. Your body needs a full complete. Not eight, you need ten. Man. It was so funny. Keep that in there. I'm on the phone. Keep that in there. Thank you so much. God bless your ministry. Okay. But yeah. That that I know a couple of times um, I had to pull over and take a nap. I'm like I've never been tired like that, but I just felt like all of a sudden this heaviness of sleep come over me, and I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. So I've had to like pull over to a gas station, pull over to the cemetery one day. I'm like, oh my gosh. So. It's been, yeah. Something. I see you, baby. I've done it. In fact, I kind of miss driving, but I drive so much going to work. I mean, it's just it's not like I I can take a commuter train. So I, well, I drive that hour one way and an hour back, and after having stayed yeah. there within eight hours, I'm tired. Then when you get home, everybody in the world got somewhere they want you to go and take them a do. I, I feel every bit of I might as well be driving. I'm serious. Mm. Yeah, I have Uber down there. Yeah, they have Uber, and they, they're getting a new one now. I've just heard of they, they're getting a new company coming in, too. Yeah, they have Uber. Lyft. So, yeah, Lyft, that's what it is, Lyft. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think they're the same. I think they're owned by the same people. <laughs> but do you have your own vehicle? Or do they supply you with a vehicle? Um. Well, you know what? You can with Uber. They have it so that. Um, well, out here, I don't know how they have it. I guess you could do it anywhere. Um, they have it so that you can lease a car. Um. And drive Uber and and lease the car through Uber, and um, and you have to pay so much a month or so much a week to keep the car, you know. But I mean, the hustle is real, though. It's it's not it's 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 about as. It's almost worse than a cab, I would think, because at least with a cab they can call you, you know, if they want to, if they want to, you know, want you specifically. But you know, with uh, with Uber, you kind of like hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Well, out you would think with us being in Chicago, it would be something steady, but. Because every area is saturated with drivers, it, yeah, it's hitting us some days, you know. And so um, it's funny. If I have my son in the car with me, I constantly get, dropped, you know, requests for rides. But when I don't have him in the car with me, it's hitting us. But the thing is, I'm not supposed to have him in the car with me. So I've been I've been I've been tell I can tell the difference. 
you know, I can tell the difference. So do they call you or you look on the computer? <clears throat> See, here's the thing. Um, with Uber, the application that you download, they have full access basically to your phone, which means they have full access to where you are at all times. So what you do is you turn on the application and um, you let them know that you're available to drive and then people will just start. Whenever you're in the vicinity, I think it's I think it's like a anywhere between two to five mile radius of somebody who's looking for um, a ride. Your phone will go off, and then you get directions to where that person is, and then um, you know you let them you know you um, update your phone. And then your phone will let you, the application will let you know where that person wants to go. And then you drop them off. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But and they pay like, you every week? Huh? They pay you every week? You get paid, get paid every day. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like if they have it. That's one thing I like about it. So, you know, like if I drive, and it, but that just started like the end of last year, beginning of this year. So they they upgraded the application. So like, if you drove and you earned a hundred dollars today, you can cash out that hundred dollars today. You don't have to wait for the money to. You don't have to wait the um. Until payday, because you get paid every Thursday. But, like, promotions and stuff, you have to wait until payday. But your actual um, your actual funds, you know, the regular funds, you can cash out every day. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. I understand. So, I mean, it, I mean it's, 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 it's nice. But it's I wouldn't do a I don't like doing it full time. Okay, oh, so my thing is so. But you at the end of the year, you drive your own vehicle, right? Yes. So you can use all that maintenance, the oil change, everything that you do to that car to offset your taxes. If I keep good records, yes. Okay. Well, I should, but even then, I think it's only a portion, so I'm not for sure how that works out. But like I was telling, I was telling um, one of the uh, passengers because they were asking me the same question. I was like, I didn't know, like you know, how much wear and tear would go on the car. Yeah. So I'm like, I have to rethink it, like. This is my, you know, like, it's not my secondary car. This is my car. So it's like, do I want to put that much wear and tear on my primary car? And the answer is really no, because in, like, um, 
think it's like in a month. I put 3,000 miles on it. Like, I just got my oil changed, and now I have to go get my oil changed again. Maybe I get my oil changed every, every month while school is from August to May. I get a fake oil change every month because I do 3,000 miles a month. Yeah. And see, and I'm like, do I want to do that? Do I want to put 3,000 miles on my car every month? You know, and and looking at the brakes and the the maintenance of the engine and all this other stuff. It's like, do I want to do that or not? That is the question. Say for you instance, know. if I was to fly to O'Hare, could I, like, just reserve you and you only and be specific about who I want to pick me up? No. No. I mean, you would have to... It would have to be one of those things where we would have to coordinate it, but then there's still no guarantee because if somebody else is in the area, then they might pick up the the request before I get it. And I just found out this one lady, she was saying that her and an Uber driver was, they had a, a an agreement and she would, you know, she would wait until he was, you know, on her, you know, in her area, and she would call him. He would come in the area and everything. And I guess because the way they, because the application is set up to track it, they said that that was, that they couldn't do that, that that was cheating or some kind of stuff. And so they just, they had to stop, you know. But I'm thinking you got like a, 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 a customer who who likes your service and has agreed upon it, I, think, I would think that they will allow that to happen. Yeah, no. Oh, God. Are you know what's happening is that, um, you know, the customer would ask for your number and then call you directly. And so it would be. You know, it'd be going around Uber. That's what would that's what would end up happening. Exactly, because that's what that's what they ended up doing. Where she just pays him directly, and she doesn't and she doesn't go through the Uber application for him, and he doesn't do it for her. So she'll call him directly and ask him to come pick her up because she's like she got comfortable with him, mm-hmm. and that's understandable. But they. But the but the way Uber is set up, they don't want you to do that. So when they saw that she kept picking, you know, the Uber driver kept getting the same passenger, they were like, "That's not acceptable." <laughs> and so it's just it's just really it's really weird. Now how did, how did Uber know that he was that he was getting his passenger? Because of, of the application. Because the application is very, the application is very intrusive. It lets them know who you're picking up. It lets you know how long you've been on the ride. It lets them know where you are at all times. It lets them know that you're on the phone. It lets them know um, how well you're driving. You know, I, I receive an update you know, at the end of the week that says, 
um, oh, you, you know, oh, you, you, you braked well, you accelerated well. I mean, it just is very, and I don't have um, a phone holder. And so sometimes if I'm trying to see the navigation, I hold the phone in my hand and it let me know, oh, it looks like you don't have a phone holder. Well, for safety reasons, you should have a, you should, you know, it's like, it, it, it's very intrusive. Oh, it's an app on your phone. Okay. So basically, you, you need a separate phone um, to, to, uh, to work with Uber. Yes. Okay. Because it, because the thing is, you have to have the to work the application. You have to have your data and location on at all times. Oh, see that? Uh, uh-uh. uh, that ooh, that would creep me out. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's people basically micromanaging your time, and they basically know your area. You don't even want your significant others know. <laughs> Thank you. Every move, okay? Right. You don't want them to know every move you make. Exactly. But they do it so then what happens is they um they can trace you where you are. They can trace where you are. They know they know if you have canceled a request or if you dropped a request. Like a, a request can come on your phone and if you um choose to ignore it, they'll say, oh, it looks like you missed a writer. You know, if you, and, it, and I received a warning about that because I had, I told them, I, said, I don't, I don't like the idea of having more than one destination to have to go to. I said, I, I don't want that on my, you know, and I said, oh, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't take you off of that. And I said, oh, okay. So, you know, it's 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 funny. It's real tricky. You know, so I've I've opted out of driving around during the 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 biggest part of rush hour just because you can get three and four different requests at one time because they have my car at the capacity of being able to hold four people. So mm-hmm. I can get two or three I can get two or three requests at one time for a ride. So when you when you get if you when you get like say if if it was me, Pam and and Sam need to be picked up at Pam's house and go to Sam's house. Does each individual pay separately or is this a one fare? It's one there. It's one there. So right. it'll say right here, like here in Alabama, and if you was to call a taxi or cab or something like that, I don't care if you got four people getting there. Every last one of them are gonna pay that same fare. They could be going to the same place. Oh yeah, no, they have it where it's. Uh, it'll say. Whoever requested it, so you can say Arthur, you requested it. It'll say Arthur plus one. And so it's like another X amount, a dollar or something for the extra person. But then I can put, I can go in there and say, 
and add two more people, and you would get charged for the two extra people as well. I don't know how much that is because I've never had, I've never done it. Because I'm just like, what's the point? You know, but, you know, because they get to, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. But in regard to your taxes, either, in, um, if I'm remembering correctly, and if they haven't changed it, you do it one of either way. You either track your mileage or you keep receipts for your gas, um, and then you get, you can, um, since you're using it for work as well as for uh, pleasure, you would be able to write off half of it on your, on your taxes. And I think that I think, and with the maintenance part, you could do uh, right off half of that as well. Okay. So, because um, when I when I sold my Mary Kay, um, and I, I didn't track the miles because that just got to be too tedious. So I would just keep my gas receipt. Right. Yep. You could if you if you don't have a separate one, um, then you can write off, you know, like um have you know, and it depends on how how much you use it for business. Um you can write off the cell phone, um, like with the Mary Kay, if you had a designated room in your house that was used as your office, then you and, and that's all it could be used for was for your business. Then you take the square footage of that room, divided by the square footage of your house, and in that percentage, you could write off um, like your mortgage, and then you could your mortgage or your rent, whichever, and then stuff like um, like toilet paper and paper towel. If you had meetings and stuff like that in your house. Um, those types of supplies you could um, you could write off a portion of that as well. <clears throat> but you just have to keep really good records. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Sanitary wipes, <laughs> so that people, you know, because you got, you know, you got strangers in your car, so you know, you might like wipe down the doors and stuff like that afterwards. Um, if you go to the car wash and, and get it uh, vacuumed, um, you know, like every week or whatever, because you, you know, you got all these people in your car. Keep those receipts. You could write off a portion of that. I forgot about that because I sure, I sure have been going to the um to wash my car a lot lately. Yeah, I don't know if it would count so much for the outside, but you know, you could probably try it. Um, I mean, you know, if you get it, if you get it uh detailed or you know with the vacuum and and, and whatever the case may be, because you're doing it more often because you you know you got all these people um, in and out of your car. So you should be able to write off a portion of that. That sounds like a lot of work. 
you know what you know what the thing is you you set yourself up you know create a spreadsheet and then you just like uh drop your numbers in as as they are occurring if you save it to the last minute then yeah it's a lot of work if you wait until the end of the year and then try and put all of that together yes it's a lot of work and if you just dump the receipts off on your accountant you're going to have to pay for that <laughs> Okay. Now, do you file your own taxes, or you have someone doing for you? Um, I've been going back and trying to do my own taxes now, because they 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 ask for too much. Ask for too much, you know. Because uh, I used to go through. Um, I used to go through uh, an individual tax person. And they're like, oh, you know, I, I mean, it's crazy. It's like, okay, because we filled out five applications or five different forms or whatever, now we're going to charge you, you know, 400 and some odd dollars. It's like, okay, no, I'll do it myself. I'll, you filled out five I'll applications see. for what, your taxes? Yeah, you know how they do the, I'm exaggerating with the forms, but you know how they do the, the 1040 and then, um, or the 1040. Okay, right. Yeah. And then the child care. And then um, I think I have like three or four different forms that they were filling out. And I'm like, so. Oh, and they charge I, you for each form that has to be filled out? Yeah. Okay. Um if if you if you need some help with somebody um doing your taxes, the guy that um that we use to um do the Farley's taxes is really good. And he just he charged a flat rate. Now, I don't know if that was just because of the Farley's age or if that's how he does it. Um but his was just a flat rate and I mean I do all the prep work. Um, you know, so it's not like, you know, you take him like a bag of, of receipts or whatever. We didn't in that in that instance. I had did all the all the prep work and then just gave him um, you know, like the numbers and stuff, but he filled out whatever forms needed to be filled out, um, a type of thing. And um he's licensed and this is what he does for a living and you know, in the event that you get audited, he would, uh, you know, go with you because he signs the form as well as you. Um, but uh, very professional, uh, timely as far as getting stuff back. Um, I've I've been recommending them ever since we uh, started using them. Where is he located? He's he's actually in the south suburbs. Okay. So, but he came to um, the first time when we met with him. He actually came to the Farley's house. Okay, I'll get that information from you later. <laughs> you know, get the because I don't have his number. Get the number from uh, from Sam. His name is Melvin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I've been I've been I've been recommending him like crazy. And I do not recommend people easily. I'm not kidding. All right. All right. 
Um, how much how much time do we have left? Um, what time? I know it's seven thirty, so we still got a couple hours left before the call would end. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I just want to um, I just want to finish this last part, um, and then uh, we'll do a prayer and any other comments and stuff, and um, and close out. Okay. Um, no, what you can do is hold on one second. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. I I'm just, I just wanted to um finish the um the portion of the breaking of the law and the sin of the people with the golden calf. Um in chapter thirty two. So we're only gonna go to, to verse C N. And then we're gonna we're gonna end it for today, but um, I didn't want to leave this part hanging because it's 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 still fall, it falls in line with everything we've been talking about except for the past the last ten fifteen minutes. But other than that, it falls in line. Um, and so it says in verse. Um, Four. Um, okay. I water. Wait here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Halfway. All the way, yeah. It doesn't matter one more code. Sorry about that. Um, and we're going to go back to verse um, four, and he and it says, and he being Aaron, he received them at their hand and fashioned it with the graving tool after he had made it a molten calf, and they said, these be thy gods. O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation. Aaron now is making a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And verse 6, so they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And Lord said, and the Lord said unto Moses, go, get thee down for your people, 
Now, he didn't say my people. He said your people. These your folks. You know how we do. He said, go thee down for your people, which you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make thee, make of thee a great nation. And so, and so Moses interceded for them and said, and Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth your wrath wax hot against your people, which you have brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? This shows you about the friendship that Moses and God had. And um, you, you, hold on one second. First of all, I told you you need to rinse it off the cold water, the potatoes, and then put the bit of hot in the bowl. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. The reason why I wanted to finish this is because at the end, Aaron, who was also, and Arthur had pointed this out, you know, about how, you know, the ministers, how they draw their attention to themselves, you know, and how people want to hear what they want to hear, you know, and they don't even... And even knowing they still want to do what they want to do. And we've been talking about that a lot on the line. You know, we're spirit, soul, and body. It's about obedience and faith and believing and, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And because it's been 40 days, because it's been 40 days, they have reverted back to their old way of thinking and doing things. And so, as you, as um, as I was, you know, thinking about this scripture and stuff, and um, as we've been talking, you know, we are easy to revert back to our old ways if we don't put God in front of our eyes. It's very easy to go back because we don't have. We don't have the visual that we need. And so if we don't put the word of God, if we don't read our scripture, and that explains what Sam was always saying about the scriptures and the speaking in tongue every day and, you know, and the affirmations that we read and things of that nature. Because the thing is, even God knew that we need to have the word of God before our eyes 
every day to remind us of what he said, to remind us of what we're supposed to do and not supposed to do. Because without that, that, that constant reminding, we will revert back to our old way of doing things and thinking. And it's like, if we don't want to do that, then we need to, we need to, um, we need to make sure that we need to make sure that um, we constantly keep him before us, and we constantly stay before him. You know, and that's hard. You know, but like even like when we look at what Sam does, it's it's all in um, being willing to multitask being willing to make it a routine where you're 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 talking to God on a daily basis. It's a routine for us to get up every day and spend one to four to five hours, you know, talking about God and what he wants us to do and what what his instructions are. It's becoming second nature and when we don't do it, it feels kind of off. Our day feels off, you know, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't um, fit right with us when we don't spend at least an hour talking about the goodness of the Lord, making it personal for me. When Sam went on vacation, for that, you know, for the last, you know, when he does his end of the year vacation, man, I'm like, okay, all right, all right. What about, you know, what am I supposed to do with myself now? You know, it's not the same, you know, doing it by myself. But yet still, I know, um, But yet, still, I know it needs to get done, you know. So it's it's imperative that we continue to go before God on a constant basis so that we don't lose sight of what's right and what's wrong. Because then we'll be like the children of Israel who came out of Egypt who did not make it to the promised land. Because even though even though Moses interceded for them, they still God still did not give them access to the promised land. He still did not give them access because he knew that they were not going to be able to hold on to the promise the way they needed to hold on to the promise. As for how much more so is it for us? The promise that he has given us is, you know, that we shall see where Christ has gone. Christ, where I go, you shall go also. So, but if we are being, if we're being stiff-necked, will we walk, how long are we going to walk in the wilderness? 
you know. But if we are obedient like Joshua and Caleb, which we will come across soon, then we will be able to see and go into the promised land and be like David and be like Joshua and Caleb and, and you know, and conquer the giant and take the land and hold that land and increase our territory and all those other things. But it's all in making sure that we keep God first and always before us. And that is the end of the Bible study portion. Are there any other questions, comments, critiques? No, I'm and I'm actually still awake. <laughs> All right. So, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to um wait for. The list. Can you pray for what? Okay. My son would like to pray. Okay. So, go ahead, baby. Um, I'm going to pray for Sam. Pray for Sam. Father God, we thank you for letting Sam join us on this call today, letting the letting him be letting um um in in our in our in your hand, Lord, we thank you for letting him talk and letting us then mentioning you in this prayer call and letting and letting you be in hit in your hand. We just thank you, Lord, and be Amen. 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 Was that on Simon? Get on the Bible. Listen to him. <laughs> oh. Huh? How old is he, Lisa? No, that's Felicia. Oh, I mean, oh, Felicia. <laughs> oh, oh, Felicia, how old is he? Hey. Okay, beautiful. Hold on one second, guys. Okay. All right. Um, Father God, we come for the list today. We come for... Um, the three lists of Sam. Hold on one second. I'm going to take this off. That wasn't it. Okay. We'll put the other one in the pot. There's only one more. That one in the pot, too. I'm sorry. So, Father God, we come right now for Sam's three lists. Lord, you know it goes. 
individuals, to groups, to specific, to the suicide, depression, people he ministered to, to family and friends, and seven degrees of separation, to the TCM and PSM family. And so, Lord, put that over there. Put that over there. Put the bag in the garbage, too. And so, Lord, we just pray right now for the whole list, this whole list, oh God, as He prays for them, we pray for them. Put the guards came back. Lord, we ask that you'll continue to watch over and keep those on his list, oh God. Some are holding on. They don't know that they're they're constantly being prayed for, oh God. But we pray for them. He prays for them each and every day that their spirit, soul, and body is strengthened. And so, God, we pray for them right now. We ask that you will continue to strengthen them on every hand. Strengthen the spirit to hold on to the promise that they receive with witness to them. Strengthen them so that they will hold on to the promise that everything is going to get better. Strengthen them and hold them, have them hold on, oh God, as only you can. We come for those who are sick um, and shut in, who are hungry, who are dealing with so many different illnesses, and only you can give healing. You can show the doctors and the professionals and the and um the experts and the nurses. You can show them where their eyes need to go and what their ears need to hear to get healing to the persons of God. We see the divine healing. Sorry. We see the divine supernatural healing over their spirit, soul, and body, oh God. That will come for those who are dealing with cancer, blood issues, sickle cell, leukemia, bone issues, arthritis, cancer, joint, tendons. Lord, you go from the molecule to the skin. Heal them inside and out, oh God. In their spirit, soul, and body. Whatever it is, oh God, be it because of of issues dealing with their spirit. Well, we were, we were talking about being specific. So, Lord, give me the words, Lord. Hallelujah. So, Lord, you know, a lot of ailments come from the spirit. A lot of illness come because of what has been eaten, what has been, what has been, um, oh, Lord, thank you for that scripture. 
The Lord said, it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him. But every ailment is because it was already inside of us, be it because it's a bloodline, a generational, a bloodline, a generational curse, a spiritual attack, whatever it is, oh God, you can let it, you know once it's manifested, is because it's trying to gain strength in our lives, oh God. It might have started as anger, but now it's a tumor. It might have started as fear, but now it's a cancer. It might have started as as being silent, silent and not speaking our minds, and it turned into a goiter at the throat. Whatever it is, oh God, you can go in and release and heal and reverse and change and burn through with your Holy Spirit. God, sweep out and deliver each and every one that we're standing in there and agree with their prayers and declarations of healing. And, Father, wherever there is unbelief, we speak that their belief is, is, is manifested because of you. Because you are the author and finisher of our faith. And so, Lord, show them where their their unbelief is. Because you cannot work in unbelief. They have to believe in their healing. They have to believe in being set free. They have to believe in being delivered. And so, Lord, help them where there is unbelief so that their healing can be manifested in their bodies. And, Lord, where there is fear of of uh, repercussions, and there's fear that the cancer will come back because of what the doctor says. Lord, we know that once you heal, there is no going back. Once you set free, there is no going back. And so, Lord, we ask that you, if there is being, but because of the deception of the enemy of this world. They will tell us that we are we are sick when we're not. They will declare that we are going we are we are going back and reverting back into illness when we're not because money is the root of all evil in this land right now, God. And it's through the pharmacia, it's through the medicine, it's through the food, it's through the doctors, it's through the education, it's through the government and the taxing and everything else in between that they have us in bondage. And, Lord, it's through this that we're asking you to help us in our deliverance. And, Father, we come from the churches, the ministers, the pastors, the the body of Christ, oh God, we come that your word will take root. As we go through this, we get up every day, oh God, and we come on this line for you. We ask that as those that others that sacrifice, as that that you will show them you that they will increase in the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and just as you did for best. Liel and Aholiab, oh God, that you let them know what that ministry was. Do the same for us, oh God. Show us, give us our wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Help us to know what we're supposed to do, oh God. Give us the details of our ministry, oh God, so that as we go forth, 
we know exactly what to do and not do so in error, but do so with the boldness that you want us to do it in, to show yourself strong in us because where we are weak, you are strong, just like you did for Moses, you can do for us, oh God. And so, God, we also pray for those who are um, who have lost loved ones. Lord, that spirit of death is, is going to and fro, causing havoc among the nation. And, Lord, we just come right now that that spirit of death, the spirit of destruction, Father God, we cover ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And we cover our family, our friends, and our seven degrees of separation. We cover ourselves under the blood of Yeshua. We cover our doorposts, just like you told them to do back in Egypt. Father, this is where we are right now. This is where you have us right now because there is nothing new under the sun. So, Lord, we cover the doorposts of our heart, the doorposts of our eyes and ears first, of our spirit. Then we cover the doorposts of our homes, oh God, so that the enemy cannot come in or through our family, friends, and seven degrees of separation. There will be no. Uh, expiration date that the enemy has planned. But we will stay under your expiration date, O oh Lord. And wherever you are, we are. Help us to abide and stay in you. As you abide and stay in us, help us to continue to stay grounded as only we need to do in you, O oh God. And we thank you, O oh God, for that. And Lord, we just want to praise your name right now. Because it's by your grace and mercy that we are not consumed. Because you said, even though Psalm 23 is such a small song, it has the most power because it says, if we rest in you, we rest in you. Even though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, if we rest in you, we shall not fear any evil. We should not fear. And then going to Psalm 91, it says, A thousand shall fall on that side, and ten thousand at our right hand, but none shall come near where we dwell. And so, Lord, we dwell in you, so nothing can come against us and prosper. Help us to continue to dwell in you and keep ourselves grounded in your word. By the righteousness of Christ, we come. Amen. Amen. All right, so those are the lists. Are there any um Amen. Say in between. Huh? What'd you say? Are there any requests for prayer? Yes, but I got a question. I want prayer. And, and and I'm so proud of your son. He's just growing. I see you're modeling what should be done, and and I, it just touched me um, how he prayed. But um, I want you to explain one thing to me. I keep and I've, I've heard you all go through it before, and it just didn't stick in my mind and my heart. The seven degrees of separation. I've been meaning to ask that for a couple of weeks now. Please explain it to me right quick. Okay. Your seven degrees of separation are, okay, so you know how um, Sam talks about the 
the 80, 20, the 10, and the 2. So you have, you know how they, the, the world says, well, I always say the world, but that the, the world is not as big as you think it is. And so you have seven degrees of separation. You have your family. You have your friends. You have your associates. Then you have your doctor, your, you know, the acquaintances that you see. Those are your seven degrees of separation because they, they also have some type of association with you. Or uh-huh. And so you, pray, you say a prayer for them because sometimes they affect you as well. Because that's how the enemy comes. If he can't get those closest to you, he can get he'll go to those who have some type of connection to you. Even the postman, you know what I mean? The postman, yeah. you, you know, he, he he can bring you bad news. You know, right. you might have a bad day. You go, you come across bad. Your neighbor that you don't even know, but y'all might wave at each other. You know, so. You wanna you wanna keep that that is that can affect your life on some level. So that's why we say seven degrees of separation. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, but I said it need You said what? I stand in the need of prayer. Okay. Okay. Arthur Richardson. Okay. You know what I said? The thing is, man, yes. Okay. Have you ever you can finish that thing. By the time you go with that, we go with the call. Okay. Um Okay, Arthur. You are how we say the next time Lisa's on the call um did you know what Pam you know uh, no hold on a second Sorry about that, y'all. Okay. So, that's what I said about communication. Um, one thing that I, that this came to me, uh, um, Arthur only gets paid once a month. 
Arthur, I would love for you to share um, the next time we have a mastermind call. Sam, is, 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 you know, could you get together with him and, and get an idea of what he does? Because he's a perfect example of what we've been talking about on Mastermind Call, as well as being an entrepreneur, because it is totally different getting paid every two weeks and getting paid once a month. Oh, yeah. And so um, I thought it gets paid once a month, and he can give us a better understanding of what that feels like. Than you know than than anything, um, but one thing I I I'm I've always wondered Arthur was have you ever considered opening a school in your area? Um, there has been talk about it. You know, with just among some of my friends, we've talked about opening up a trying to start a charter school or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's kind of strange that you ask us. So many people are asking me to tutor, 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 tutor. And, in fact, it just happened yesterday again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and by me, practically, if it's the Lord say the same, I'll be in school next month uh, working on another degree. And I was trying to, you know, I don't want to, Overload my plate with too much right now, and that mm-hmm. probably be the way. In, in fact, I'm going back for my my leadership position, um, my certification, and 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 a, and a specialist degree. So that might be something that's going to come in the near future, mm-hmm. and that will be a thing. Yeah, you know, but what what but my mind what has been in my spirit in my mind uh, is about is is about being a uh, an advocate for teachers and education, you know, and even for you know like even those people who have retired out of education and their salaries weren't so great, you know, is is talk of having given those individuals a thirteen month check. Although we don't have a twelve months, give them an extra check a, a year, because they they really their salaries really really wasn't where our salaries are now. It's not like I make no hoopla money or nothing like that, but it's it's enough to make ends meet. And but mm-hmm. you know, and by being getting paid, you anybody who knows you get paid once a month. It's just like getting a disability check or a welfare check. Everything is there looking at you from the beginning. When you get your check, it's already there, lined up. And um, and I remember there was a time when I was um, dealing with uh, this here issue of getting paid once a month, and I had more than enough. But now it looks like I don't have enough. And it might be because of the stewardship of the way I've been handling my finances. It really was that I don't think it was so bad because in fact I don't go do no spendless frivolous, uh, um, frivolous spending or or any 
extracurricular activities such as party and stuff like that. But um, becoming an administrator or uh, uh, or the head of one of those things, that's what it looked like to me. That's where you uh, I need to be to make the money. And that is an idea that's a fault. But dealing with the public sector, you got to wait till somebody gives you that opportunity to try and become administrator if they will allow you that opportunity. But then by starting your own school, you're the one who's calling the shot. It's been presented to me several times, and with all these people asking me to tutor, 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 there's my students right there. <coughs> okay. But, okay, so, but my question, then the question is, if um, if God told you to go that route, because it's not so much that you'd be making more money, but you wouldn't have to travel. Like the kids will come to you, would you be willing to do it? Of course I would. Most, most definitely. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. That's that's why you have been receiving those requests regarding tutoring. Because the thing is, he wants to... Again, he's trying to bring his people into the entrepreneurial. Go, go scrub it. Go scrub it. Go scrub it. Yeah. Let me put some Vaseline on it or something. Thank you. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, that's what he wants his people to be. Um, lenders are not borrowers, but we're not beneath that right there. He wants us to be those ones who people come to for the services that are needed outside of the normal. Um, but, you know, wealth is fleeting. And the one thing that he is trying to get us to understand is even if you don't become super wealthy, we still do it. You know, I mean, because the thing is, if it's just where you're still just comfortable, you're just making ends meet, we still do it. Or you only do it if you if it's because you're gonna get wealthy. There's nothing that I look I would love to be wealthy, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just this. My thing is, Felicia, I'm, I'm I'm my whole life has been given to servitude, to serve other people, mm-hmm. and if other people could prosper and do better than I've done, I'm pleased with that. I just want to be wherever I could be comfortable and make my meals meet 
you know, and help those around whom I help. I'm not seeking no fame, no glory, no fortune. I don't want to be Donald Trump or Oprah. <laughs> I don't make <laughs> money. <laughs> but then again, you know, I hear all the horror stories that come along with that. What happens if this man is having all this money and no one to love or no one to share it with or, you know, it, that, that scares me. Right. And then well, another thing, and you know, we always on this prayer line, we talk in scripture all the time. It says that the wealthy have many friends, but the poor have no one. But the thing is, when your money is gone, what happens to all those many friends? They're gone. And I'm just kind of being hurt by those whom I help. So I can just be comfortable, baby. Just be comfortable. I ain't asking for to be be no mid-billionaire. If the Lord see for me to get it, yes, I can, because I see a lot of people I can help. Okay. But I still do it, you know. Hey, if I can just get to the point where I can come off that road and still make the money that I make on the road, I'll be happy with that, you know. Okay. Coming in, you know what I'm saying? I want to spend that money on gas and oil change every month and maintenance on the car when something breaks down as much because you will be closer to home. Good. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, so far we come right now. Well, awesome. And for you know what you have need for him to do. He already has the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and the heart to obey, oh God. And so you know the hardship that he goes through, oh Lord. So what we're asking right now is that your divine will be done in his life when it comes to what you want him to do. Just like you showed, you can give him a clear and concise plan for what you want him to do. You have had, um, you've been knocking at his door with people asking him to tutor. Oh, God. And he's saying as long as he's able to make ends meet and make the money that he's making now without all the travel and the stress and hustle and bustle, Lord, whatever you say, he's willing to do. And so, Lord, we ask that you'll watch over your word and watch over him and show Arthur Richardson who lives in Alabama, exactly what you want him to do, oh, Lord, and give him the plans, give him the steps that he needs to take, show him the process, and then give him the the, the location, give him the students, and give him the funds. Yes, Lord. So that he does not end up being tired or stressed, oh God. That he's still able to to do things with his parents and his neighbors and all the other helps that he does, oh God. 
but especially being able to still work with the students, work with the kids, oh God. His presence is needed. His guidance is needed. But the wear and tear on car, body, and spirit, those things, Lord, you know you can reverse, that you can change to make it better for him and those around him. Lord, whether there is unbelief in him or in anyone in his area, oh God, shut those people down, oh God. Shut their mouths so that they cannot speak negatively. Take them out of his presence so that they cannot alter what you need to have done in their lives, in his life, oh God, to make your word manifest. For his good, before his glory. And then we show you pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Anybody else like prayer? Yeah, you can pray for me. All right. Pam, 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 Pam. Pam, 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 Pam. All right. Um, mm. Okay, Pam. You know, your list of things to do is increasing. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the thing is, the reason why the list is increasing is because that wall that you have up needs to come down. And remember before I said you go, bam, 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 you know, um, it's time for you to break down that wall. Because the list is only increasing because the wall is there. Once the wall comes down, the list will not be needed because everything else will just fall in line. You you know, you have a job to do, accounting and consulting and planning, and all of this connected. It just from from the wall that you're looking around or through or however you want to by, by your perception because of the wall, it's it the list looks longer than it actually is, but it actually is all connected. So once you break that wall down, your perception of your list will change. And it won't be so overwhelming. Um, and so that being said, Father, we thank you for Pam and her willingness to help as well. We thank you, oh Lord, because it's in her willingness that she's um, trying to walk closer with you. She's trying to keep 
um, still and know that you are God. And so, Lord, we just ask that you will give her the strength and the courage that she needs to break down this last wall in her life, oh God, the wall that hinders her from perceiving her situation, circumstances, and lists from your perception and not her own. Help her see clearly all that you have need of her to do and that even though they look to be many, it's few because they all are intertwined into one specific duty with multiple functions, multiple functions, one duty with multiple functions. And so, Lord, we just thank you in advance for giving her the strength that she needs to break through that wall and be free of past and current bondages because of past and current issues, events, and circumstances. Lord, let her see you as her safety, her rest, and her strength for her good and for your glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Pam, do you do taxes? I hate taxes. I asked that because of my friend of mine who also is an accountant here. She has a master's in business administration and accounting, and she has a master's in education and special education and stuff like that. But but she's a dis- disabled person, and she reason why I asked that. She got like 300 clients that she do every year. And I just sat there, and I figured up the math. 300 times 350, you get $105,000 a year. She's able to print straight out of Chase Manhattan. They set her up. You deal with those little three people right there, those 300 people right there, you basically got a year's living. Mm-hmm. And then you you could just pick up with what well, did only last two or three months, and you could just pick up some other people. There could be a little mastermind business thing, and you could work that right out of your house like she does. And you know all the little glitches that comes along with that, your power bill, your cable bill, and all that little stuff that go off the hip right and off, and plus the expenses of buying e-projects and, and all those little programs and stuff like that. So you know the ins and outs. And that could be right there, mastermind business for you all by yourself. Yeah. And I, I, agree, I, I agree with you. I just I hate taxes. I know, I know, because I've done my own one time, and I just and I talk about just one person that was myself, and I really and truly did not care for doing that. Yeah, I'll do my own, but um, you know, like with doing um, other people's um, taxes was was my worst class in in uh, getting my degree in accounting. I, and my teacher, he told us on the first day, he said, "Taxes, you either love it or you hate it. There is no middle ground." He was so right. Yeah, because you got to know too many laws. Yeah, many, exactly. And, and they change and they every year. Change every year. Every year. Yep. So, I mean, you know, I've thought of it um, 
But, oh, oh, I hate taxes. Mm. Well, what about consulting for physicians and things of setting up their business and their operations as, as an independent contractor? That is that is a possibility. Um, what I really want to do is to restart my Mary Kay business. I really enjoyed that. Um, and that's kind of, I'm hoping I can get that restarted within the next couple of months. It doesn't mean that I won't do that. I'm not open to do those um, those other things. But that's that's what I'm really. Uh, that's where my focus is right now. Now here's the question. No. Hmm. <laughs> no. I will ask you like I asked my daughter, and I have to ask myself, or I ask myself on a daily basis, are you doing it? Are you what you want to do, okay? But does that is that what God wants you to do? Well. I don't believe he's giving me this dream for nothing. But I guess the question would be like, is that what he wants me to do now? Right. Not that he doesn't want you to work for yourself. Is Mary Kay what he wants you to use your gift for? Because everybody has a gift. You know, everybody has a passion, but are we using it for, you have to dry it out. But actually, um, in a way, I still would be using my, my gift because um, from when I was little, I always wanted to teach. And, um, but I was, I was like, I'd be messing with Lisa about thinking small. That's, I was only, I had tunnel vision because all I think about was teaching, you know, like in, in grammar school type of thing, and I knew I didn't have the patience for that. Um, and it, never, it didn't dawn on me like I could have, you know, like taught on a collegiate level um, as well. But in when I was in corporate America, there were multiple times where I conducted training, and which is just another form of teaching. And... Um, and even with the Mary Kay, I would still be teaching because as you build a team, you are training your team how to be successful with their business. So it would still uh, tie into my original passion of teaching. True. True. You know, I heard Felicia tell me that about a year or two ago that she wanted to teach. Now I guess you since you homeschool you're teaching, but is is that a passion or a dream of yours of getting your degree to go on so you can open up your school? The thing is, as far as like school wise, I haven't been led to go back to school. But as far as like teaching with the homeschooling thing, the difference between me, what I do and what Lisa does is on the education level that, you know, that she does it on. You know, she's coming from the the educator point of view, whereas I'm coming from 
the mom's point of view. You know, so I am the back of the refrigerator. So I'm pretty much um, still doing, you know, exactly where I'm, you know, where I've been led to go so far. Like I said, I've been led to go back to school for anything like that yet. But the one thing you just said, you're doing this, she does it from the educator point of view. You're doing, you'll be doing it from the mother's point of view. But I'm here to tell you, just like this, and she will be on this phone, she's on this phone, she'll tell you the same thing. As educators, a lot of those children need parent figures, ones that they can look up to, especially nowadays. They don't have the mother that me, you, and Pam had. Who made them provide for them, gave them a homestead, who gave them structure and guidance and things of that nature, then show that they love. But because these kids nowadays are so just like out there. And it, it is, it's, it's, it is from the middle school age, I taught middle school and high school when I was self taught and I did the elementary thing. I'm with Pam right there, I don't have enough patience for that. But the thing is, these kinds of kids are now they need to be counseled. How to be young men and young ladies, how to carry themselves, how to strive to be great. You know, and so and you still have to be a parent in that sector. You got to be a counselor, you got to be a mentor, you got to be a, a protector, you got to be the law, you got to be everything there is that those kids need. And it wears your mind out. In fact, when to the point, if you were in the classroom, when you get home and you see your own children, you really don't want to, might not even want to deal with them because so many other people and so many other issues are here. That's the one thing I don't like about it. Now, as I tell everybody, if I had listened to my dad before I graduated from college, I wouldn't be where I am. Well, I probably would be ready to retire. But by my disobedience and not listening to my father and getting the certification, it was delayed. Not denied, but it was delayed. Good shout out. Oh, is that my BFF? Mama, go ahead. She's so steady, Joan. <laughs> oh, I thought you came for me. Well, then you're going to talk to Dorothy then. <laughs> Ooh. But yes, yes. But um, I would not have been when being the position. I probably ready. I would have been ready to retire and try to start another career. But you know, we have to listen. Yeah. And out of disobedience, look at it. My blessings were delayed. Not denied. It was delayed. I went through that wilderness experience that the Israelites went through. Right. Both of you all are educated, so you, you might as well go up and do what you're supposed to do. I'm just here to tell you that that's the way I see you. <laughs> and in fact, my BFF, who I was just talking to down there, she worked at, from high school, she worked in, um, Cody Medical Records. She learned that at HOE. We had those, you know, they had those folks in school. We weren't there. And she started working at the hospital at 16. 
Then she went back and got some master's HIV. Now she's teaching at one conference from out of there online from Chicago, one that's in Birmingham, one that's here. Then she's doing the same thing I asked you about, Pam, reason why it came up in my mind, um, that um, about consulting, starting up physicians who are just not coming out of facts and need somebody to help um, start up their business and stuff. She's writing business plans. She's doing office. She, she's training the people how to do that. And she's here in, in Alabama. They're mobile, but they're doing it online. And the thing is, and she's in her own price. Okay. Like forty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Plus managing her her in laws. Um, um, in laws have gone and taken their journey, take, managing their their homes that they um where they left like twelve or thirteen homes, and um and her father has over like five hundred that five hundred acres of land, and he was a business mind person. So ever some people have that gift, and some people don't have that gift. So I guess I'm praying for that gift. My dad was a had his own um, business, and before he got sick, I wish I had learned the ins and outs. See, that's another. Uh, delayed blessing, and I let it go shut down instead of, although I worked with him, I would never really try to learn the ins and the outs of how to be an air conditioned refrigeration, microwave, dishwasher, wash machine, appliance per technician. I never, because I never had a passion for it, I guess because the thing is not that I didn't mind fixing it, it's just lifting the things, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and so L-A-Z-Y. And, and so that was that was that was, that was, that's a family heritage that my father handed down to me that I did not take hold to and run with. Mm-hmm. Well, see, we and, have these in we our talk, hands. We, don't uh, we talked about recognizing opportunity last night on the Mastermind call, and so the thing is. Um, when you looked at the business, you looked at you having to do the work, but that didn't necessarily have to be the case. You just could have been the owner of the business. Exactly. Had other people out there, do, you know, doing the work. I mean, you know, you know what needs to be done, so you know, you know, if they're doing it correctly or whatever the case may be, but you don't have to be the one out there doing the heavy lifting, you know, literally and figuratively. And see, that's what I didn't see it in that light. Mm-hmm. See, now, you know, and now if this call had been in a place back there for my dad had that stroke in 2001, then I could have seized that opportunity at that moment. I could have looked at it from that angle because you all would have brought that to my mind. Mm-hmm. But see, my mind looked stuck in one fixed position. It wasn't in a growth position. It was mm-hmm. in a fixed position, and I just let it shut down. I'm talking about he had everything that – I'm talking about all the tools are still here. And the thing is, I just never tried to seize that moment because it never interested me. Because I guess because I did it so much when I was coming up. You know, mm-hmm. some guy would, if your father got there, teach you how to change the oil of the car, change the flat of the car, change the battery to fix a motor transmission cover, they get a passion for working on cars. I never de- developed a passion for working on appliances and, 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 and electrical work and stuff like that, which could have been a very, very – because it worked for him, it could have, my way could have been almost made. But I, it, it would have been, been passive income for you. 
Yes, and by, yes, and by me being a science major, that was ideally lined for that. Mm-hmm. But I was looking to the human aspect, the life science portion of it. But that's my that's my failure. That's my failure, and I just don't want nobody else' um, blessings to be delayed or denied because of their mindset. Yep, I hear you loud and clear. Yeah, so, and in fact, I got to go. I'm glad she's here so I can go on and do this last little test for schooling. Come on in. Yeah, I'm going to I'm talk to my BFF for a minute. She don't come to my house. It's the first time she's been in my house this year. <laughs> this is my prayer. We've been on the prayer call since, what, 730. But this is what we do, John. She sends me those little spiritual things that I sent to you all that time. This is okay. the one. So we all we got around the bush, baby. We were talking about mastermind, talking about starting up something. I said, I don't have that mind you have. Okay. Well, you know what? If there's nothing else, if, um, if there's nothing else, anybody, um, camera off, we have to put a over Okay. Well, I'll see you all tomorrow morning. The Lord say the same. Okay. Close us out. Who, me? No, I was asking if you want me to close us out. Oh, you you can do it then, Pam. Go ahead. Okay. Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call, allowing us to come together to fellowship and to learn and to share in your word, Father. I pray that those that participated on the call today heard something that will help them in their walk with you, Father. Father, we we just want to say thank you for Felicia, who is remaining obedient, who is doing her homework to prepare for these calls every week and who gets up and conducts these calls. We just thank you, Father, for her discernment, and we thank you for using her to help us to understand a little bit better. Father, we continue to pray for her health and wellness, for herself, her household, and her family. We pray, Father, for the abundance that is on its way to her. And, Father, we thank you for binding the efforts of the enemy, which is continually trying to attack her from any way possible. We thank you, Father, for strengthening her hedge of protection as well as her armor. Father, we just thank you for watching over us as we go through our day. And I pray, Father, that we are continuing to be a blessing for others, even if it's something simple as saying hello to a stranger, opening a door, or carrying a package. It costs us nothing. It takes very little time, and it can mean the world to someone else. Father, we thank you for your unconditional love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Okay, everyone, have a blessed day. You too, Pam and Felicia. Talk to you on the call tomorrow, in passing or what have you. <laughs> All right, sure. All right, talk to you later. Okay, everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.